0: Stand by to launch FanStream Sports. Three, two,
1: one. Let's start. Hello, sports fans.
2: Welcome to FanStream Sports. Nothing. Nothing but pure sports. This is the JP Show. JP, it is so good to hear you back on the air. Stand by. Now, here's JP. Alright, welcome into another Monday morning here. A couple of weeks away from actually about a week and a half away from the NFL Draft. Been a big weekend in Tampa. The Taylor Swift concerts. They put more people in Jim Raymond James Stadium this weekend than they did in all of I think twenty seventeen or twenty eighteen for uh, for for Bucks games.
3: For eight home games combined. Probably. yeah. What was it? Yeah. Two hundred and six thousand. Over three t- nights. Yeah, two.
2: T- <laughs> each. <Jeez. laughs> oh, 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 oh. At about an average ticket price of about two hundred and fifty a pop or more. Yeah, make six hundred million dollars in ticket sales for the tour. That's not bad. But I tell you what, though, no expense spared. No expense spared. That was the, one of the biggest freaking shows I've ever seen in my life. It was amazing. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that as we as we go through uh, the show today. Welcome in, Eric Erlitz is going to join us at ten thirty live from Amalie Arena, where the Bolts will be going through their. Uh, their skate this morning, their practice this morning before jumping on a plate and heading up to Toronto, where the race just left, um, losing two games. They suck. I told you they were going to suck. I told you this was a bad team. Yeah, just awful. Just awful. The slide is coming. Yeah, here we go. You know, they're only four games up. Only I mean, four? Only four games Through 16? up. 16? That's yeah, it? that's terrible. Damn. I mean, what are we supposed to do now?
3: I guess we're going to have to go 160-2. and two.
2: Awful, just Awful. Uh yes, it's uh it was a, a good a good weekend for, for Tampa Bay, but maybe not as much for the Rays. But they get, you know, they they salvaged one yesterday, so we'll get into that a little bit. But we'll also be hitting in on the lightning obviously as they get set to uh to take on Toronto for what is going to be a very entertaining first round series. I watched the I like you, I watched a lot of NBA this weekend. Because uh, the playoffs are on. There's some interesting matchups, a lot of injuries. A lot are... of really
3: interesting matchups.
2: We'll talk a little bit about that, and uh, we'll get into the NFL draft as well as the uh, the Bucks are, are, are getting ready to embark on what is going to be a very, very important draft for them um, to see what, what uh, Jason Light can come up with to make this team a little bit more competitive for the year to come. Because, you know, quietly, I think – You know, this this NFC South, I was kind of looking at the draft position to some of these other teams and the players that are available. This this NFC South is going to change dramatically in one year. I mean, this is going to it's this this division is going to look completely different after this draft with some big time, big name players, big name, probably big name quarterbacks. At least uh, definitely one in uh, in in uh, Charlotte, for sure, with the Panthers. Um, you know, I, I don't think the, the Falcons are going to go grab a quarterback. I think they're good, but they're going to get a big time player. And of course, Derek Carr's already in the division. The Bucks are going to draft somebody big, and you know who knows who's moving up, who's moving out to see what happens. So I think a lot of intrigue come uh, next week. There's going to this, this NFC South is going to look very different, and it's not going to be the doormat comp, or, uh, division that it was last year. Um, everybody's going to get better. Everybody's been getting better. That's how the NFL works and now the, the buccaneers have to try to to, to hold serve and, and stay stay with these other teams they're the two-time defending champions although last year seems doesn't really feel like a division championship but it is you know are we going to raise one of those banners too <laughs> do, do, do you put up a banner do they put up banners for for division titles where you're under 500
3: do they even put do they even make any mention on the stadium of the division titles and all that i don't even know if they do I think they only have the Super Bowl ones up.
2: Yeah, I think that's it. I Which I feel like
3: that should be the way it should be.
2: Eh, I don't know. I mean, division titles are certainly rare around here. Yeah, so it's true. They're, they're, <laughs> yeah, certainly rare. I think yeah, there's probably room for that somewhere, somehow. Maybe there is. I don't know, but th- I'd have to think twice about putting up this one. Don't ask the Rays. They're unabashed. Oh, yeah, we went to the playoffs. Put up a banner. At least they were over 500, barely, but yeah, it's okay. Um, so... Uh, we'll get it to all that as we go through uh, today's show. We thank you guys for jumping in, Lonnie and Rick Hughes. Uh, good morning as well. They have banners in the practice facility. Yeah, they do. They do. I, I, dude, you're absolutely right, uh, Rick. They do. Um, but I think they should be in the stadium. I mean, those I think playoff appearances are certainly worthy of that. I mean, yeah, get, you have plenty of room. <laughs> you got plenty of room. You should celebrate them somewhere. Absolutely. And uh, you know, they put the schedule in front of you. You win the division title. You know, in five years, nobody's going to remember this one. Uh, maybe not. Maybe not and Maybe they always will, um, but it was an interesting weekend for the Rays, and I think already you're seeing the hit that this pitching staff has taken. I mean they they only have what have two two starters now in Rasmussen and McClanahan. Yep, yep. Uh, with with Eflin on the shelf now, uh, Springs is on the shelf. We don't know for how long. Have we have we gotten a good feeling for how long that's going to be yet? Or
3: I, have, uh, I haven't for Springs. On that. Not really. No.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: But I told you, I mean, there's examples of guys being out for like 10 days and that's it, Mm -hmm. and there's some examples of guys being out for a lot longer, like a couple months. Yeah. So it's going to be somewhere in between there, I think. But it sounded like Topkin put something out where it ended up not being just the nerve. There was something in there. I'm actually thinking about it now. I believe Topkin, I want to get it right. I'm going to go back and find it. All right. But I believe he said that he might be sidelined for a couple months.
2: Yeah, I must have missed that over the weekend. Um but the bottom line, and you know, we said that during the streak. Like, you know, inevitably here it comes. The Rays have injuries to their pitching staff for whatever reason. They, you know, they, they yeah. get the best out of their pitchers. They certainly do, but they they have to because they all become yeah. injured.
3: Here it was. I this one got caught up in all the tweets that he had this week. He said uh, he's expected to be out a minimum of two months. It's considered to be more than a nerve issue. If it's something that requires surgery, he could be out much longer. Wow! So at least two months for Jeffrey Springs.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I mean to to get caught up in the 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 13 win streak is obviously where we've all been, but now as we sit here and, and get sober a little bit after the drunken two weeks of 13 and 0, it's like, oh shiz. Now Eflin's on Eflin's got a back injury which we think is minor, but you know, every time we think that about a raised pitcher, they're out for 2 months. Yeah. 2 or 3 months. Um you got Springs now, that's out for 2 months. Uh, Glass now won't be coming back till late May. They're gonna they're gonna have some trouble finding any. By the way, where's Todd Bradley? Come back, please, <laughs> please. Um, come back, be here. See, we're starting already with, with the Taylor Swift song. I'm oh, sorry. Um, yeah, come back, be here. <laughs> you, we need you back. There was, there's no way he can stay down at AAA now.
3: You'd you'd think no, because I mean they've reached the point already where we're we're in TBD range. Yeah. Every single day. Yeah, the right. next two
2: days in Cincinnati, we don't know who's starting. We have
3: no idea who's starting outside yeah. of today with Beeks as the opener.
2: Yeah. That's it. It's the opener, but we have no, no idea who's coming. Which, look, they've got, they've got arms to fill it. It's not, you know, panic, and it is the Reds. Um, they're not the best team in the world. But this is, is going to be a long-term problem, obviously, yeah. for this team. is starting pitching already. And we love the we love the way the the offense has come out and and you know but they faced some better pitching this weekend and they weren't as good as we were saying tap the brakes folks tap the brakes this is this, this team is not winning 120 games they're probably not winning 105 games you know they'll probably be in the mid 90s as my partner predicted here um, but this it's going to get a little rocky get ready it's going to get a little rocky when you only have really two starting pitchers for now now obviously you hopefully get these guys back but. You know, now we're already to counting on Taj Bradley to come back and fill the starters role. It's
3: a, it's a new dynamic with the Rays. They're going to have to hit and slug their way to victories, I think, at least in the short term right now. I think they are. Because you're going to face a lot better competition than you did in the first uh, three or four series, which we don't take anything away from there. You won those games. Right. Everybody's going to play those teams throughout this season. Right. And I doubt anybody's going to make it through them unscathed like the Rays did. No way. There's no way. But... I mean, you saw what happened this week. The first two games, the bats were really quiet. Mm -hmm. A lot of strikeouts in that Rays lineup. And I noticed Toronto did a very good job with their homework because they gave this Rays lineup a lot of off-speed, especially the first two games. I mean, Barrios, did Brandon Lau see a single fastball from Barrios in the three times that he faced him? Probably not. How many fastballs did Brandon Lau see in general this weekend? We know he he struggles hitting the off-speed. And that's all the Blue Jays peppered with him, and he wasn't able to adjust, as a lot of guys in the Ray, the Rays lineup for those first two games.
2: Right. Yeah, first divisional opponent too. That, yeah. no, that knows you really, really well, right? Yeah. Or well, they, have, they played the Red Sox though, so. but um, this Red Sox have them, they don't have any pitchers <laughs> that can throw off speed stuff first strike clearly, so um, they don't count. But this is obviously a much better team in Toronto, and it looked like it. It looked like it. Not, not to say that the Rays can't compete with these teams. They obviously can, but it's not going to be a cakewalk like a lot. No, of No,
3: and of. I don't think it was like they were. There's a gap there between the two teams. I mean, a lot of it is the Rays had a lot of luck going their way the yeah. first 13 games. Sure. You, mean, you don't. You're going to need some kind of degree of luck to get through 13 unbeaten. And it seemed like at least on the Friday game, I mean, they were right there. Kind of It was like two to one, I believe, when they go to the pen, and then. Colin Pochet. yeah, <laughs> your boy, your boy, Colin Pochet. This was Saturday actually, where he mm-hmm. gets in there and he walks two guys. Has zero command. The three batter rule kind of screwed them there, where he yeah. had to face three batters. Uh, and then you have the play where Brandon Lau conti- just. This was on Friday. He whiffs on a on a ground ball that would have gotten him out of the inning. He completely whiffs on the throw to second base. That's not going to happen often. Right, So it was just little things there that kind of went Toronto's way. Getting a little sloppy. A little sloppy than we saw in the first 13 games, which was bound to happen at some point. Mm -hmm. So I don't think there was a big gap between the two teams necessarily. And Toronto's lineup, that lineup was tough to face. It was hard to get that team out. Uh, They were hitting it. I mean, Bichette went five for five in the first game, right? One of the hottest sitters in baseball. They hardly struck out. They only struck out 16 times in the three games, so about five a game. That's all you got out of them. Yeah. So they were struggling to put guys away. They were making hard contact on a lot of baseball. So, uh, I and no panic button for the Rays at all. I mean, they're fourteen and two. Yeah. are 14 and 2. No. There's no reason for anybody to to put their arms in the air and and get all huffy about it.
2: Well, it, there is, but it's just f- for injury's sake. It's not nothing they're doing wrong, but this, you know, these these injuries to these starters are significant now. It's a legit thing. Yeah, it's it's very significant. And the, bullpen, it's
3: the bullpen having a lot of inexperienced arms all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. And it's a little it's a little thin back there it right can, now.
2: It, 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 luckily this April schedule remains soft. They got yes. Cincinnati, and then they've got six games with the White Sox. Not a good team. <laughs> uh, not a good. So, um, and Lottie Wilkins uh, piling in here. This sounds bizarre. I didn't know about this. We went to the White Sox game yesterday, had a two hour rain delay with no rain at all. So <laughs> dumb. How, how's that happen? I
3: know it was like one of those like crazy windy days in Chicago yesterday. It looked ugly out there, but I didn't know that it
2: didn't rain, though. We left before it even started. I've been going there forever, and let me just say it's no better than Tampa. Uh, the White Sox. I, I've not. I've not been to their their new their new park. But that thing I has
3: never looked new to me. No,
2: no. It's always been. It's always been awful. They and they got it because of St. Pete, as we as yeah. we well know. They probably probably would don't don't want it anymore. Anything in in South Chicago, though. I don't know how anybody goes anywhere there. Um, the trop experience has gotten much better in the last few years. That's that is no doubt, no doubt. I think a lot of people were probably uh, very happy with the. When they went there for the the first three series or so, I certainly was. I mean, I think they've done a really, really good job of making it way more enjoyable. It's still cramped, you know, in the in the in the common spaces. It doesn't have the amenities that other you know real stadiums have. It's, there's so much that it doesn't have. They've done as good a job as they can. But you know, twenty-one thousand in there the other day, it wasn't too bad. But you get any any more than that, it's it's unworkable. But uh, you know, uh, this this Rays team. Is going to have to get through this stretch somehow, some way, and I don't see—I don't see how they do it without bringing Taj Bradley back.
3: He's—he's well, he's going to have to be back here like as soon as pop. Maybe get one more start in AAA.
2: Why? I, why start him in AAA <laughs> when you, you have three spots open up here? That I, makes no sense to me. I just
3: what's the chances that Taj Bradley is going to have an outing like he did against Boston the entire—the entire time he's up here? There's going to be some kind of wall this guy hits. I mean, he's still very inexperienced so it, and very it's young. It's in the
2: beginning of the season.
3: I know. His stuff
2: plays in the major leagues.
3: I don't think the Rays wanted to have to put this much on his plate oh, to no. make him a full-time they starter don't. in April They don't want to, but, you know,
2: welcome to the big leagues, kids. You're 22 years old. You got the stuff to do. it. Bring him up. Let's go. I don't I, – I, why Why should he toil in AAA when he could be doing it up here? You know, it, it, look, it, will he, if he starts to get knocked around, then you send him down. But – from the stuff I saw in game one. The stuff was there. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get knocked around. I, you know, he might, you know, give up three or four runs, but you need somebody to eat the innings. He's a starter. He's got great stuff. And, you know, I'm here to say, look, yeah, you know, 14-2 thir- sounds great. But, you know, I joke about it. You're only four games up on the Yankees and the, and the Blue Jays. Yeah. Every game, every win in April is just as big as every win in September. So if you'd call him up in September, call him up now. Let's go. Get yeah, yeah. him up here.
3: And what's it say, too, about the way they feel about Luis Patino, who still can't even get a call-up, by the way? Yeah, he's... I mean, they're not even counting on him anymore. They brought up this guy Trevor Kelly, right? Yeah. This weekend? I mean, forgive me, but I'm not sure who, Ke- who Trevor Kelly is, to be honest with you.
2: we got a Kevin Kelly and a Trevor Kelly. we got Trevor a Kevin Kelly?
3: Kelly and a Trevor Kelly. Okay. Braden Bristow's in that bullpen as well right now. Yeah. Uh, Yanni Trinos is back up, but it looks like he's more in that bulk role right. at the moment than a traditional starter. And then you have Beeks and Fleming. who I mean, I'm assuming Fleming's coming in after Beeks today. Yeah, I would assume, right? Yeah, yeah. But is that really something you can count on every single week?
2: Yeah. Not really.
3: So again, translation: the Rays are going to have to hit their way out of this out of this uh, the next couple couple weeks here.
2: Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, yeah. I, I think. This offense has, has proven itself obviously early on, but you know I do have some questions whether it's going to be sustainable against the really really good teams we saw this weekend. They you know they got shut down a little bit. Well,
3: yesterday yeah. I mean yesterday though was a good sign. Now yesterday gonna, it was a good sign. Now that was that it. was an odd game though from the get go. Manoa, I don't know what's going on with that guy. Yeah, That's Toronto's issue, but his fault.
2: He's, ve- he's out of sorts.
3: Velocity's down, completely out of sorts. I mean, he started the game like three minutes after, and he was just kind of standing there on the mound, not even like throwing warm up pitches. So it yeah. was weird from the beginning. He hits Yandi with a fastball right in the back on the first one. Yeah. And it didn't even look like, it. And Brian Anderson made note of this on the broadcast, it didn't look like one of those fastballs that he just like lost control of. It yeah. almost looked. Purposeful. Purposeful a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Uh, but he did not have good stuff at all yesterday, and the Rays are able to take advantage. And the bright spot, again, is Josh
2: Lowe. Yeah. Josh is hitting like 360 already still. And, and that first one, that, well, that was a big hit. That two out, you know, it was kind of a blooper. But I I, I liked it because he wasn't, what, what did he not do? He didn't swing for the fence. No. You know, he just tried to make contact and get the ball in play and with two outs it. and two guys you got on. The, yeah. You
3: got the bases loaded right. with no outs and right. two guys strike out. Right. And, I mean, that had a chance. If they don't get a run in that inning, that game could have gone it's completely different. It's almost a win for right Toronto there. in that inning. Yeah, yeah. it could have gone completely different right yeah. there.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I totally agree. And that, so that was a huge hit right there. That was a huge, huge hit. And he comes back, gets a double, another RBI. So another three RBI. He's got, what, 10 RBI yep. on this young season already? I mean, that's – you know. That, that's you know of all the offensive players, then we've seen every a lot of people come alive here. Um, he's the one I think that is the most important because if he can if he can produce, it just makes that lineup so much thicker.
3: Yeah, it's the bottom of the lineup that's producing all of a sudden. Like the seven, eight, nine, they have a really good like thing there with Lowe and Bethancourt who's getting more playing time than Mejia right now, yeah. and the added power to his game, which we saw yesterday. Great run homer and even Vidal Bruhan. This is the best that I think we've seen Vidal Bruhan. By far in the major leagues, he looks yeah. more comfortable out there. He's getting some base hits. I agree. He's beating out ground balls when he's he's running his ass off. He's playing good defense. They've been able to find a spot for him over there at third. Uh, Taylor Walls is another guy who's brought unexpected uh, offense to his game as well. We know we can do defensively, so that's the big difference. Is the six, seven, eight, nine in this lineup is producing? Whereas in years past, that was a big problem for this team.
2: Yep, absolutely. Well, let's let's hear from some of them here and Bally uh, Sports Sun, courtesy of it. Uh, Christian Bethancourt with um, you know, a big three run homer that, that stretched this lead out for the Rays.
1: Ruhan is going in the pitch, sky back into left center field. Got some carry. Kiermeyer's going to look up and it's gone. Home run. A three run shot off the bat of Christian
2: Bethancourt. And the Rays with two outs. All of it. That's a big deal. The two, two out run, and he goes down to a knee to get this he pitch. goes to
3: Adrian Beltre style right there. Yeah, yeah. from Christian Bethancourt.
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. That was pretty cool, um, and he got it out to dead center field. That guy's got, he's got really good, got good pop. Yeah, he's a big dude. I mean, he's six foot three. What two ten, two twenty? Yep, he's a big dude. And um, you know, once again, the Rays find a cast off that they they hone in on some of his skills, and you know, he he's a former pitcher, right? Yeah, he
3: hasn't been playing uh, the field that much, that long. Uh, But he's been great back there defensively. I mean, they got him last year in that that kind of under-the-radar trade from Oakland when they were just selling everybody. Yeah, He was on a hot streak when they got him and it's carried over to this year. So, And he's been good because Mejia hasn't been able to find his, his hitting stroke yet, yeah. so they've been able to kind of plug Bethancourt in and kind of every day at the moment.
2: Yeah, that's a big deal to find somebody like that and, and, and to add the pop that he's added as well. And we mentioned Josh, uh, Josh Lowe, another RBI double for him, and you just can't say enough about how his different approach this year.
1: 2-2. And a little looper into short right center. That's going to fall. Lyle scores. Here comes Ramirez. Franco's gonna go to third, and the Rays come up with two more to make it a three-to-nothing ball game. Josh Lowe dropping that one into short right center. And the Rays cash in with three. That is a huge hit
2: because you're right. Alec Manoa was on the verge. He was one strike away from getting out of this mess. And Josh Lowe. Just flips that ball in there. Make contact. Battle. Do what you got to do. Give yourself a fighting chance. when he did, everybody's running with two outs. Drops it in. Two big runs. Yeah, and you could see it was like an all-hands wrist swing. He was just trying to make contact, which is, that's different than last year when he came up. He was trying to hit a five-run homer every time he got up. Yep. And this was, you know, shortened up a little bit. Uh, just just get the bat on the ball. Get it in play with two outs. And something good's going to happen. That's a, that's a big deal.
3: It's a lot of guys who have, I mean, again, we talked about it. The, the front office kind of had no choice but to put their faith back into these guys this year. Uh, and they're rewarding yeah, they them. give credit for that? We tried to replace
2: you guys, but we just couldn't. Well, we I'll have budget constraints. And now you're playing well, so well, smart give, move. Give credit to the guys. <laughs>
3: because a lot of the guys they were counting on and needed more offense from, uh, like Josh Lowe and like Taylor Walls and like Luke Rayleigh, and I'll throw Rosarena in there as well. What do those four guys have in common? They've all done something different this year. Rosarena yeah. with the study habits, and the other three, they've done a little tweak to their swing, yep. whether it's just a different way of standing in the box. Rayleigh, I think, has a less, he's doing less of the uh, uh, kicking up his right foot before he swings, yep. and then Taylor Walls has the elbow up more, right, to add a little bit more pop to his bat, which we saw on the, uh, the Saturday game where he got his first home run. So all those little things, so I put it, I put it a lot on the players as well. They've yep. done their part.
2: Yeah, they're they're making uh, making adjustments and trying to be better. And that's that's all you can ask for these guys. All right, let's listen in to uh, Kevin Cash, uh, courtesy of Bally Sports, Sun, After uh, yesterday's eight to one win over Toronto. And the play that Jason Adam made to end the game, the behind-the-back catch, how yes. impressive was that?
1: Yeah, it was impressive, very impressive. That's two, two nights in a row, back-to-back comebackers, hard comebackers. So glad that he secured it and got that final out. In terms of Josh Lowe, I mean, he was so big. That at-bat against Manoa in the first inning, how critical was that? That was big. You know, Manoa's such a good pitcher. when you you get them out of sync a little bit you want to be able to capitalize. I think we wanted to get greedy there and not get just one. J-Lo hung in there and and was able to get a ball to score two. Shane obviously allowed the first three hitters to get on. Snyder goes out to talk to him. What changed and led to him kind of cruising the rest of the way? I mean they're good hitters but I think Shane just as the outing got he got stronger as the outing got deeper really impressed with his work strike throwing efficiency after he got built up in that first inning by pitch count kind of reset and got us six full innings the yeah, other rally in the fifth inning we had a couple of pretty key moments there. the replay call to extend the inning was that a, was it obvious to you guys was that a some randall saw or um i mean yeah it was randall good job by him I mean, the key moment was other than the homer was wolsey's walk to right. get on base right there with two outs right. all that started with that but um yeah but
2: if he's called out i'm saying if he's out at second the inning's over so that to extend the inning yeah and then josh's base running play to be safe at third Kind of create a slide on the ball. Ruhan hit the third.
1: Uh, yeah, <laughs> that helps. I'm trying to recall the things. Slid kind of
2: around the base. and hooked it with his leg.
1: Yeah, I think did Chapman drop the ball or?
2: I think he dropped it after Josh came to the base. Yeah, when
1: wow. I mean, there were yeah good things that happened that inning, no doubt.
2: How important was it for Shane to get deep to
1: give you six? Um, I mean, it was important. We wanted him to give us as much as he yeah. can every start, but I mean, our, our bullpen was in fine shape. Um, so pleased that, that we were able to do that and we're that, just that much fresher with that added inning he provided to, to go into Cincinnati now.
0: With low last year this year, what's the biggest difference?
1: Confidence. I, I mean, I, I think that's what we saw in spring training. That's confidence for a lot of guys. This is It's a tough game. Uh, Josh learned some things probably about himself and about his game. That credit him to put it to work this offseason spring training. He's having a really good season to start.
0: Couple of tough games to start the series. You think overall in this game, you felt like you caught a couple more lucky breaks?
1: Uh, I don't think we got lucky breaks. I think we got we created our breaks.
2: It seemed like the offense was a little bit more flowing. Like you were early yeah,
1: I and mean, we had good at bats early on against Manoa. He's really good, but he was you know the strike throwing wasn't there. We didn't seem to help him out very much, and that's tough to do because he's so deceptive. So a lot of good at bats early to kind of drive his pitch count up.
2: <laughs> okay. Didn't like that uh, that inference that they were lucky. We're not lucky. We're, we're good. lucky. We create our own breaks. Shut up, reporter. <laughs> yeah, um, but true. I mean, that that's a it was a great play by. I forgot about that comebacker too that that, um, that Jason Adam got yeah at the end snagged and Kiermaier's like dude, what are you doing? What are you doing? I and love and Adam. Adam's looked like,
3: Adam looked him dead in the eye.
2: Said, ah, good. "Now you know how everybody else feels when you go up over the wall <laughs> and grab somebody's. By the way,
3: run. speaking of Kiermaier, I have to ask this because this is our first time playing him as a visitor, is it just me or he almost comes off it, He's unlikable, right? Uh, now that you're playing against him, he's unlikable.
2: When you're playing against him, he's definitely unlikable, yeah. Look, we've, I, I've never, to me, to, like a lot of people, I see how it grinds people because, you know, he's a, he tries to be a showman and, you know, he jumps sometimes. He do not have to jump. He celebrates. Everything is, you know, like two out. <laughs> uh, everything is so demonstrative. And then when you hear him talk, he has this complete... There's no self-awareness about sounding conceited. It just, you know... But I don't... I always said it just kind of comes off in his goofy, kind of, I really don't realize what I'm doing, don't take it seriously, I'm trying to be a nice guy kind of way. At least that's the way I've always taken it. Maybe because, you know... I mean, he's been in studio with us before. I've got to know him a little mm-hmm. bit. He's a really good dude. He doesn't mean anybody any harm. He's not like a cocky a-hole. He doesn't come off like that when you're in his person, although I think you could maybe think that if you haven't been around him. So, I don't know. I get it, but if you've been around him, you just kind of know. <laughs> I don't want to say it this way, but it just kind of comes off. like I don't think he's smart enough to know. That he comes off that way, it's just kind of him. Yeah, Is that I know that sounds bad, but I, it's, it's just kind just the of way a it comes off. Like yeah. a good like a, I just happen to be really good-looking and good at baseball, and I'm going to tell you all about it. Tell you all about my great catches. It's just I don't know. It never bothered me, but I, I understand why it bothers you guys.
3: Well, on the Friday game, it was like kind of irritating me. It felt like the Rays were almost like worrying, like almost too much about the guy. Like, he came up in his first plate appearance, and he knocks one the other way for a base hit, gets on first. And then whoever was pitching at the time, I can't remember, was, like, really worrying about him at first base, right? Mm-hmm. And well,
2: He's, he's going to steal.
3: Yeah, uh-huh. when we throw one and he, throw one away, and he gets to second, right? So you're worrying about him too much. He gets in the scoring position. Right. And then he ends up scoring that inning, and I'm just like, oh, Yeah. Ugh. 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 And he comes up, and he's still got the, the every damn hustle and everything. Like, oh, man. But I'll, I will say though I did having to face this guy, knowing how he just eats everything up in the outfield. He did that a few times in the first two games yeah. where there were balls hit to the gap, and I'm like, oh, maybe that has a chance. And here comes Meyer nope. running over, and I'm like, yeah, he nope. just made that
2: look really easy. Yeah,
3: he yeah. almost took a home run away also in the first yeah. game.
2: Yeah, he's a good player. He's a good player. He's a really good player. And, and the and the Rays, I mean, you're not gonna, obviously you start 13 and 0. Do we miss KK? No, no. But there'll be times this year when we miss KK. You know, there'll be there'll be some times, um, but obviously we have some replacements that are really really good and make a hell of a lot less money than he makes. It was time. Nobody, no, I don't think anybody laments it. It's just it, it is what it is. It's what happens hey, to all race power players. to him. The
3: guy got the guy got nine million from right. Toronto.
2: Yeah, well, he's <laughs> worth it. He's worth it for what he does defensively. Yeah, he's yeah. worth it. That's not a lot of money, and for many ball clubs, that's not a lot of money. For us, I always thought that was the biggest problem with KK for the fans, is he was our highest paid player, and everybody thought he should be Mickey Mantle. And he's not. He's just not. But what he does, you pay for in this league because it's important. It's important. You know, you, you, know, you can say, well, he doesn't hit very much. Well, he takes away 15 to 25 does doubles a year. in that year. lineup? Yeah, right, right. He takes away 15 to 25 doubles a year. Add that to his offensive stats you know he takes away four or five home runs a year add those to his offensive stat he throws out guy i mean all these defensive run prevention you either you either plus runs or you're minus runs or whatever you want to do but saving runs is as important as knocking them in it's a, it's simple math so to some some you know somebody was going to pay him for that. Absolutely, they were.
3: Oh, and he didn't He's have worth fun. every penny. He didn't have fun facing Shane McClanahan yesterday, by the way. Well, <laughs> nor would he ever. <laughs> he did not have fun. He was put away easily with three pitches.
2: Yeah, I think I think he knew that was coming. <laughs> he knew that was coming, no doubt. All right, we'll take a break. When we come back, Eric Arlington will join us live from Emily Arena as the uh, the Bolts get set to take on the lovable loser, well not very lovable in Toronto, the losers in the playoffs for since 2004, your Toronto Maple Loafs uh, we'll talk to him, we're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group and of course Bay Area Modern Medical Center, back at 3. Guys, are you experiencing those feelings of getting older, lower sex drive, fatigue, hot flashes, moodiness, or you just don't feel like you had the vitality you once had? It's a chronic problem here in the United States. You're not just getting old. It's likely low testosterone. Studies over the last 20 years show a shocking decline in younger males aged 16 to 39. Older men have seen a sharp decline as well. So do something about it. Go see my friend Christopher Lugo at Bay Area Modern Medicine. Look, testosterone replacement is not a frivolous treatment. It takes a professional targeted approach that focuses on total body wellness, vitality, and emotional stability, not a one-size-fits-all approach like many clinics use. They will monitor your blood work and adjust your treatment as needed for optimal results. Folks, I've been on testosterone therapy for over six years, and it is a life Changer, You will feel and look better than you did 10 years ago. Give them a call at 844-977-3477 or go to BAMMC.com. Tell them JP sent you for priority scheduling. That's eight four four nine seven seven thirty four seventy seven 977 3477 or BAMMC.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by, never get a call back. That doesn't happen with the Jeeves Law Group. Personal attention is what they're all about. When you call the Jeeves Law Group, you will be part of the family. They will Represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies. These larger companies will promise bigger settlements, but it's the Jeeves Law Group that will get you the best results. If you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms, check out the Jeeves Law Group. Go to JeevesLawGroup.com, tell them JP sent you, get a free consultation. It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area. For over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727 894 2929. 727 894 2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. They are the family jewelers and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Golden diamond source because of their great customer service and incredible impeccable reputation no sales pressure no intimidation and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds and by the way diamonds are the april birthstone so this month only they are offering 15 percent off their diamond birthstone collection available on to select products and you've probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake. It doesn't mean as much. The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Humberton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Coming back at you. Now, more with JP on fan stream Sports. It's only just begun. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show on this Monday. As we get set for the NHL playoffs to open up, the NBA got the jump this weekend, but now we get into some some real playoff grit with uh, the NHL. Of course, the, the Bolts will practice today and then head up to Toronto this afternoon, and uh, they will take on the Maple Leafs in Game 1 tomorrow night. And Eric Erlinson, Lightning Insider, been covering this team for 20-plus years. Joins us live from today's practice. What's up, Double E's? How are you? Uh, happy Monday, JP. What's going on? Is the newest father there uh, skating around, Mister? He Sirgature? is here. Uh,
0: it's, uh, I'm doing inventory. I don't think anybody's missing, but uh, you know, there's a reason <laughs> I went into communications because
2: my math is really bad. <laughs> yeah, I think by this time it's got to be a sixth sense for you, though. Like you could just sense like what numbers are not out there. I think it comes comes to you almost in clairvoyance so if there wasn't somebody out there you your, your spidey sense would be tingling already so I think we're confident everybody is there so um, well, well you know who is
0: here who's a big surprise on the ice for practice is Tanner Janot really yeah he's out here practicing with the team I'm uh if would had told me that last week that he'd be out there for the first pra- or the final practice for the playoffs begin I'd have thought there's no way but uh yeah, he's out here. It looks like he's moving around pretty well. It's amazing considering the injury uh, we thought he had,
2: uh, had suffered. Wow, that is amazing. Wow, uh, I don't know what he's doing for treatment, but I but I know what a lot of these other professional athletes are doing, including Ryan Jensen. It's something called stem cells, and it works miracles, especially on ligament and and uh, tendon injuries. So at uh, these days I don't put anything past these guys because it's it's incredible healing time but that's good news if he's and if he's skating around fine. I mean uh, the first question I'm sure for Cooper is going to be how quick till he comes back, right? I'm sure he'll love that it, you know, too.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure he'll be very accommodating <laughs> when we ask him that question too. Um, I mean look, he he had said last week that uh, you know they they that the news was better than they had, had anticipated but he didn't expect that he would be ready to start the series. So uh, we've certainly come a long way. At least it looks that way uh, since, since a week ago, because you know, look, they gave up a lot for Tanner. You know, there's no doubt about it. Uh, He's going to be viewed by a lot of people in, in what you gave up to bring him in, but he was brought in to be a physical force, a a presence on the ice. And we certainly saw him really coming around in that aspect before uh, he he suffered that injury, you know, not even two weeks ago at this point, um, you know, when he got hurt. So, uh, that you, you, if you can have him in the lineup, that's that's such a boost from a physical presence because uh, you know it, as all the conversations I know you've had with Brian Englom on the last call there, yeah. intimidation matters, and Tanner Gino intimidates.
2: No question about it. And this is you know this is a series where you have a Toronto team that is, I mean, let's just be honest about this, Eric. They've they have tried to steal the Lightning's template to turn a team yep. that was you know a scoring finesse team into a team that's grittier to play in the playoffs. There's no question about that, and this will be the first test to see if it actually actually works. I mean, obviously, we've seen it in the regular season, but this is, you know, as we know, the playoffs are a completely different animal. I think that's one of the storylines here. Would you agree?
0: Absolutely. There, there's no doubt that Toronto saw what the lighting did to them last year, especially coming off of back-to-back trips to the Stanley Cup final and to grind their way back into that series after, you know, losing the, the, the first three odd number games, 1, 3, and 5, and fell behind 3-2 in the series. They grinded their way back into it and ended up winning game 7 in a, in a close 2-1 game. Uh, I mean, Toronto has the skill, there's no doubt. Matthews, Marner, Nylander, Tavares, uh, top line scorers in this league. And, and, and what the Lightning's model has been is Kucherov and Point and Stamkos and, and those guys scoring goals and then finding the grit from you know the Gord's and the Coleman's and the Pauls and and the Hagels and, and guys like that. Uh, so there's no doubt that the the Leafs learned a lot from how Tampa Bay beat them last year, and that's why they went out and got Ryan O'Reilly. That's why they went out and got Jake McCabe. They're kind of grinding type players, and they they hope that that's going to be the difference for them in this series. That they can use some of that defensive acumen that a guy like Riley O'Reilly in particular has to slow down the Lighting's offense, and then their game breakers can make the difference because that's what it's been for Tampa Bay's. Success over the past three years in particular.
3: Yeah, and you mentioned the importance of having that def scoring, which the Lightning have always had. Uh, you mentioned, Jano you know, obviously would be great if you get him back, but the other guy that I'm keeping my eye on here is, is Nick Paul because he was so important to the series last year in Toronto. Uh, one goal yeah. in 38 games going in, uh, but at the end, did you see anything from his game that kind of shows that maybe he's close to getting kind of off this schneid here and how important
0: he could be in this series for the Lightning? Not enough offensively, I don't think. Um, you know, he had a couple of chances there in, in the finale uh, against Detroit, and you'd have really liked to see seen him score a goal. You know, of all the positives that went on in that game from points and, you know, Hagel hitting 30 and Cologne hitting a career high and, and Elliott getting the shutout, a lot of positive things. I would have loved to have seen Nick Paul get a goal because you kind of need his offense going. And, you know, you look at the difference Nick Paul in the first three months of the season and then the final three months of the season, he was getting those shots off from the top of the circles to the hash marks. And we just haven't seen him in those areas to get those shots off uh, enough. And, uh, you know, sitting next to Chief a lot, you know, he always talks about how Nick Paul gotten too, too much east-west and not enough north-south in this game yeah. in the second half of the season. So you want to see him get back to being that type of a player because he has the size, the grit, everything that you like about Nick Paul's game. You just want to see him add some offense because obviously, you know, those two goals in game seven obviously meant a, a lot – uh, to the team's success, to kind of get them back to a Stanley Cup final last year.
2: Eric Erlinson uh, joining us here live from the uh, the Bucks, uh, the Bolts practice here today. And Eric, um, you know, with I, I don't think Tanner's going to play in, in maybe game one or two. Um, so we, that's probably still the case. So what is this? What does the lineup look like? You think, when judging from the, the 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 lines that you've seen in the last week and a half, which I know have been a little different because I think maybe Coop's trying to find some stuff. You know, they already locked up their spot. So, what do you think we're going to see?
0: Well, looking at what's going on out here today, uh, you've got the big three together with uh, Stankos, Point, Kucherov as right. uh, sort of an offensive line. I, I know uh, Chief cringes when he thinks about their defensive play and, and you know, putting those three <laughs> guys together. We'll see what that looks We know what they can do offensively, but they've got to be better in their own end as well. It looks like they're going to put back Sorelli, Kalorn, and Hagel, which was obviously a very effective shutdown line in the playoffs last year. You know, especially as the playoffs went on, the, the series against the Rangers and, and, uh, and the Panthers. Those, those three were terrific in, in shutdown mode. Yeah. Uh, and then, then, then what's the bottom six going to look like? I and mean, It looks like Asa Monson skating here uh, with, uh, with Colton and, uh, and Paul. So that looks like it's going to be the third line. And then it's going to come down to is, is you know ready. So uh, I, I don't know. I don't like the idea of uh, Maroon, Perry, and uh, Belmar together uh, in this series. I was worried about it last year when they were playing well. They haven't played well together this year, uh, so having those three together would kind of worry me a little bit. Uh, so we'll see what that means for for Geno, um, you know, moving forward. But uh, that looks like those are the four lines that uh, at least will start uh, tomorrow night.
3: And offensive firepower aside, because we both both teams have it in abundance, is it still remain going in this series? And you can almost say it about most series lightning you're going to play in that the edge net between Vasilevsky and I mean do we still even have an update of who's going to be in that for Toronto that seems like that's still the biggest mismatch
0: oh it's going to be Samsonov Samsonov, um, yeah it, it, there's no doubt that uh, he he was kind of you know they held him out the last couple of games because he you know he stretched the muscle or something so you know they they took a precaution with him uh so it'll be Samsonov to start uh I don't think Matt Murray is going to be the backup but uh you know as we saw from Joseph Wall uh, who was here last week, he was really good yeah. in that game. So, um, you know, he might actually be the better of their three goalies right now, to be honest with you. A lot of people right. think that in the short amount of NHL experience that Wall has. But there's no doubt it's going to be uh, Samson off the start for Toronto.
2: And that, his his uh, playoff resume is what, 1-6, in 1-5, in five, something? He's only won one yeah. playoff game, right?
0: Yeah, it's, it's not very good in his time with Washington. And uh, Boy, how
2: ironic is it that the Capitals
0: – uh, let go of both Famsunov uh, and uh, Vitek Vanacek, and they're both starting
2: for their respective teams to <laughs> open the playoffs. <laughs> That's <laughs> kind of crazy. crazy
0: if you're a Capitals
2: fan. Right, they're always looking for goalies. Here they are uh, with other teams. But, I mean, how does that play into the series? Because, look, uh, you know, uh, Vasi has kind of been, um, you know, he, as he goes, the Lightning go, right? And he hasn't yep, been sure. a- on his – You know, incredibly focused game most of the regular season. But that means nothing to me because I know what this guy does in the playoffs and he's not hurt. So I expect him to be the difference in this series. Would you agree?
0: For sure. And and he might have to steal the series in in some way. Uh, You know, but at the other end, you've got a guy who doesn't have a lot of playoff success. There's a massive microscope on this team in Toronto and in Canada in general. What happens the first time he gives up a bad goal? How is he going to handle it? You know, the the pressure that comes with that, you know, with all the issues that the Leafs have had with their goaltending over the last number of years, despite how good of a team they've been, you know, from Freddie Anderson and Jack Campbell, you know, they all had good regular season numbers, but they just couldn't get it done in the playoffs. And is Samsonoff going to be that same type of guy? Uh, so I, it, it's curious to see, you know, what happens uh, the first, uh, first couple of times he lets in goals that maybe cost them a game. Then it becomes a different story, uh, and uh, you know, to me, the other storyline in this—I mean, look—you you look around, everybody with their predictions. Mm-hmm. I hardly see anybody picking the Lightning for this series. Mm-hmm. So, not only is it—you uh, know—the Lightning coming in as a, as a perceived heavy underdog, the Leafs are also fighting their own history. Right. So the Leafs are matched up against themselves as much as they are the Lightning, and the Lightning coming in loose—they're an underdog. Toronto's the heavy favorite. They get home ice. There's a lot of pressure on Toronto in the series. 2004, correct? Correct. That is the last time that they won a playoff round uh, and came within a game of actually facing the Lightning in the conference championship that
2: year. because That's the right. Philly-Toronto
0: series won seven games. So, yeah, it's been uh, three lockouts was the last time the Leafs won a series.
2: Think about that, folks. That was the Lightning's first Stanley Cup title. How long ago do we we look back on that as so long ago? And the Leafs have not won a first-round series since then. That's yeah, And they lost five straight series deciding games. Yes, that's right. Man. Well, yeah, that's a lot of pressure. And with all the media in Canada on top of these guys... I mean, you know what it's like. You're in those scrums. Can you can you describe what it's like for the Toronto players to have to answer these questions time and time and time again?
0: Uh, it, it's intense. There's no doubt. Um, I, I and I and I've told this story a couple of times. I, I shared this on your show. My first year covering the team for the Tribune uh, would have been oh one oh two. So we're in Toronto. My first trip into Toronto for the first time. So my first experience dealing with it. Right, uh, Corey Cross, former Lightning defenseman. Was on the, on the lease at the time, and he was kind of coming back from injury, so he was skating for the first time, you know, and he's one of the last guys off the ice, and, you know, hey, nice little note, let's talk to Corey Cross about facing the Lightning. So I get in the locker room, and I'm just, we're just kind of waiting around, and as soon as Corey Cross walks into the locker room, I'm not kidding, I nearly got run over (laughs) by the TV cameras and the other media that were there, and there's more media now, right? There's more independent media, there's team media, so there's even more now. Uh, I literally almost got spun around trying to get to Corey <laughs> Cross's locker. And it's Corey Cross. It wasn't like it was Matt right. Sundine right. at that time, right? So that's, that's the type of media scrutiny that they have. Uh, you know, they, they do have to answer it. But, uh, you know, in today's game too, you know, these guys are so media savvy. They've been dealing with, uh, especially the, the, top stars, the Marners and the Matthews. They've been in the spotlight since they were 15, right. 16 years old. So they're used to dealing with it. Uh, it, it is a lot. It can be a grind. Uh, from day to day, and it, uh, it gets worse in the playoffs because you've got more national outlets uh, taking place. So, yeah, if if they if they find a way to, you know, if the if Lightning find a way to win game number one, you know what all the questions are going to be heading into game two, and that just intensifies.
2: Yeah, and I think the fact, we kind of went over with, uh, now is it, is, is it Samsonov or Samsonov? Because Brian Engblom the other night was saying Samsonov, and I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> Then maybe it's his. It's not the luggage. It's it's Samsonov. I don't know. But I do know this. He hasn't played in, what, three weeks, two weeks?
0: No, no, no. He played a week ago Monday against the Panthers. He actually okay. stopped 45 shots okay. for them. And, and, and you know what? I, I heard Michigan having this conversation with one of the Toronto guys when they were here. He was Samsonov in Washington. Now he's Samsonov in Toronto. It's just okay. one of those things.
2: <laughs> the French pronunciation. Okay,
0: that's, yeah. that's,
2: that's fine. Now, Eric, before I let you go, so so if there's one guy that needs to step up for the Lightning right now, and you know, not not of the top guys, the top your stars got to be your stars. That that one guy who needs to score, you know, three or four goals in this first round and get his game going. Would would that be Nick Paul? Would it, who, who would it be for you? Uh,
0: I would put Paul in that category. I'd also put Corey Perry in that category. Okay. You know, Corey Perry did not have the same type of regular season he had last year. Right. Uh, he is the type of player in the playoffs that can make a huge difference, even at this point of his career. He's not a 50 goal guy anymore right. uh, by any stretch of the imagination. But he can be effective, and he can be effective getting under players' skin. One of my favorite parts of the playoffs <laughs> last year was round two against Florida, and I think it was right off the face-off of game two. Florida felt they were pushed around in game one. So they wanted to come out and try and set a physical tone, and they put their, you know, Patrick Hornquist and, you know, um, uh, I forget the other guy off the top of my head, but they tried to be physical, right? Well, Corey Perry stood up Hornquist. Hornquist knocked to the ice, and there's this freeze frame of Corey Perry with a maniacal laugh, right? at Like, I'm in your head. You're done. You've got nothing. That's the type of intimidation that can go into a playoff series. So scoring lines but also being the worm that Corey Perry can be long as he stays within the lines you know no no jabs to the nether regions like he's, he can be uh, prone to do uh, from time to time while that can get under a guy's skin it can also put you in the penalty box and that's the one thing in this series you need to avoid is not give toronto's power play uh too many opportunities because they are so good with the man advantage burned him last year early in in the series uh so you want to avoid that for sure here again in, in this one but uh I think Corey Perry, in a lot of ways, has an opportunity to kind of redeem himself because his plus-minus is is one of the worst, uh, you know, in the league. I I think I even saw of all the playoff teams, he has the worst plus-minus for any forward still playing in the playoffs that's played a certain amount of games. Uh, So he has a chance to kind of turn that around a little bit because of his style of play that he can do in the postseason.
2: Yeah, I think last year they, they came in with one of the best power plays in the game at like 26%, and they went four for 26 and that was the reason that, really, the Lightning won that series. As the series went on, they could not score a power play. And the Lightning or yep. the PK is going to have to be that good this year as well. All right, my friend, uh, tell everybody how they can get Lightning Insider coverage for the playoffs.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the website, lightninginsider.com. Uh, again, the code is still out there, JP, $10 off the first year of a yearly subscription. Um, you know, so uh, that, that's where you can get that, of course. Me and Chief will be back with the, uh, the pregame skate show. Uh, it's one hour before every face-off, so we'll be on the air tomorrow at 6.30. Uh, that's on the strike, 102.5 HD2, Lightning Radio 24-7. On the Lightning mobile app, we'll have the last call for road games uh, as well uh, as soon as the game is over. And, uh, J.P., thanks for the time as always, man. Look forward to another
2: playoff run. Thank you, my friend, and we'll see you at the arena on Saturday when the Lightning get home. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. No, yeah. Thanks, boys. Be well. Eric Erlinson right there, live. From Emily Arena with the pucks going on in the background. I love Love them. it. Love that love sound. It. As much as, you know, I, I watched a little NBA this weekend because it's playoffs. If there's intensity. You could, yeah, there's actually, there is. You know, some good, I saw, uh, probably watched three games yesterday. Not, you know, it, it pieces of them. Good stuff coming down to the wire. But the intensity of NHL hockey, totally different deal. Nothing beats it. Cannot it wait. Is,
3: it's the hardest trophy to win in sports. They say it every year. It's the hardest postseason by far. It really is like a war of attrition, they say. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, again, nobody's more battle-tested than the Lightning. Yeah. Nobody is. And, you know, he mentioned Corey Perry there at the end, who nobody's talking about. I feel like he has one of those, like, under-the-radar storylines going in as a guy who has so much – he has so much incentive to win because, remember, he's been to three Stanley Cups in a row. Three in a row. He's lost to this team twice, mm-hmm. and then he lost with them. Mm-hmm. And, so
2: four in a row. Four in a row.
3: So this is, this is his – no, he's lost three, three in that's a row. And going to this season, like you mentioned, not the season he won. By the way, the number was he was minus 28, Corey <sighs> Perry. He was plus nine the year prior. So that kind of shows you. It wouldn't surprise me if this was his last, his last season, yeah. his last playoff run. So that's a guy who has a lot of added incentive. And as Eric said, he's a shit star. Yeah. That's his role. That's his role, and I think that's. I think that's. Uh, I wonder who that guy is going to be on Toronto, and we're probably going to find out tomorrow who that guy is going to be. But that's going to be the, one of those matches I'm looking forward to.
2: Well, and I think uh, uh, Eric mentioned that line too: of Belmar, Baru, and Perry—they
3: uh, cannot play together. Yeah, nah, there's just no way I, you can go back to that.
2: Yeah, that's a liability.
3: Because if you put that line together, at best, I'm giving them what, like six minutes a night. And that's just – there's nothing you could do with that.
2: Yeah, that's, that's a, a – you wonder if there might be some other moves that are made and maybe some other guys get in there. And, 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 you know, Cooper won't hesitate. He will not hesitate. If he sees something that's not working in this series, he's not going to hesitate. He'll switch up the lines. He'll get other guys in there. He'll move people around. Yeah, he and doesn't, I, he, doesn't, he doesn't wait.
3: No, and I like the energy. I think we both would agree that Asamont has brought
2: to the team. No, there's no question. And he's a guy who just got his first goal the other night, you know. If if somehow they can get some scoring out of him, and it, because he creates chances, he's With all over four the place. Check, yeah. he, he, he's stealing the puck. He's getting stick on pucks all the time. That's a guy that could be a big help. But I think they're going to need that. They're going to need some secondary guy to really step up and have a big a big postseason run to, to get it's, them going. And it's,
3: that's always been the way they've operated. Who yeah. scored the big goals in 2020? It was Blake Coleman who did it. Yeah. Who scored them in 2021? Nick Paul. It, Ross Colton. And this, and
2: Nick 2022, Paul
3: too, yeah. Nick Paul. Yeah. It's always been one of those guys on the third line. So, again, we, Nick Paul, we didn't talk about Ross Colton. He's just as important. He scored yeah. a lot of big goals for this team in the past, and they need that as well because, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, they're going with the – if it's Point, Kucherov, and Stamp goes. If they go with that in round one, that's pretty interesting, but that just tells you they're going to need a lot more from the other three lines.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, interesting story. Uh, I think it was that Encina who wrote this. Um, uh, no, Christy Ackert and the Times about uh, Anthony Sorelli and Mitch Marner who work out together in the off season, and they're going to be matched up against each other in this series, and it's, it's got to be interesting. You know, one of, your, one of your good friends and a guy that you work out with all summer long, or you know, guys that, you know, they're just, they're obviously good friends. but You've got to shelve that, man. You've got to build up a hate in your heart. But there will be. You, you have to. You just, I don't, I, that's got to be hard to do, though, I would think.
3: I don't think it is for these guys. No? When they get out there. I don't think so at all. We've seen brothers go up against each other many oh, that's times easy in easy to hate
2: your brother. That's not hard at all, but just another friend, you know, a guy that you leaned on, you work work out we, with. We you, put it aside. I guess. Because <laughs>
3: Anthony Sorelli's role in this series is to shut down that line. Yeah. That's his role.
2: Yeah, he said, uh, he said it, it'll be another good battle. Those are the fun ones to battle, though. We, we've had some throughout the whole summer. We do drills on ice, and we're battling, and obviously to bring it to the NHL level is fun. It's a bit weird, but that's how it works. I would say so. It's got to be a bit weird, no doubt about it. I think, though, you know, even though Samsonov or Samsonov has been, still a week and a half is a long time for a starting goalie. It's a long time to not face the pressure and the speed of the game. There might be a little rust early on. But um, as I think about it, Vassi hasn't played since last Tuesday either. Yep. So that'd be, it's going to be a week for him. Um, listen, I, we know how important goaltending can be in the playoffs, and it doesn't go any further than that. If Vasi is not at his tip-top game, the Lightning have no chance. No chance. No chance at that. all. They're just they're defensively they're not as good as they have been with Ryan McDonough and Pilat out there. It's just, it, it, but it is a different season, I, and I'm excited to see who steps up and who plays their ass off, uh, and maybe Kucherov. Start scoring more, which I think he needs to do. Well, listen, you talk about playoff performers. He has
3: more points in the last three postseasons. I think it's 93 points, if you can believe it, in the last three postseasons for Nikita Kucherov. Just an insane number. That's 30 more than the next guy, which is Nathan McKinnon in Colorado. So, when you talk about Nikita Kucherov and him needing to maybe score more a little bit, Mm -hmm. let's keep in mind this is the best playoff performer that we have seen in the NHL probably over the past decade. Yeah. That's how good this guy is in the postseason. So, again, the questions are never with the stars with this team. If you're going to question any star at the moment, I'm probably looking at Victor Hedman just because it hasn't been one of his seasons. Nope. This is his lowest point total in, I think, about 10 years this season. So the offensive output has not been there.
2: There was an early on, something happened. Uh, He got an injury to his hand or his wrist or something, and it just hasn't been right all year long. And I mean, how— we haven't seen that powerful slap shot as much. Nope. Um, so I think it's something to do with yeah, that. Yeah,
3: but this is a con Smythe. This is a former yeah. con Smythe winner that knows how to play in the postseason. Hell yes. So if you're looking for, if you're really looking well, for, maybe a start this to is step what he's been waiting time, for. I think that's the hope. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. the hope that he's been kind of conserving energy a little bit.
2: For a lot, for a lot of guys, you know, emotional and physical energy. There's no, you know, there's no. The regular season is done. The, the drudgery is over. This is what you play for, Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's see, let's see. I've said it you know, for the past couple of months. We have not seen the best of the Lightning. And I would not be shocked if they go out there and hand it to Toronto in Game 1. I would not. I would not be shocked. I also wouldn't be shocked if Toronto hands it to Lightning in Game 1 like they did last year. That wouldn't shock me either. I, just, I think this, this Lightning team is a wild card. I just don't think we've seen – they've seemed bored and uninterested for the entire regular season. That's been my take yep.
3: on, and every now and then they've come to remind you of who they are, exactly. and then they when they, they have kinda, to they go back out of
2: it when they have to, yeah. right? And then they, they, they go back.
3: Yeah, and by the way, they did. Uh, we talked about some of the lines there with, with Eric, and I saw all of them came out here. That second line right now looks new. It's Ross Colton, Nick Paul, and and Asamont is the second line rushes right now, and then Hegel, Colorn, and Sorelli on the third, and they still have that line, the school bus line, together at the moment. But, again, I don't know how long that's going to last. Mm-hmm. And then Darren Radish also looks like he's earned his way into the top six officially.
2: Yep. I think we, we've been talking about that for a couple weeks now, and, that's a, and that's, a, that's a bold move. That's a bold move for Cooper to give a, a rookie like that that type of responsibility. But he's earned it, and he's going to have to step up. Yep. Think about this. Did you have Purbix and Radish in your top four?
3: Did I have Purbix playing with Hedman? Yeah.
2: Let Did alone. you have Purbix in the preseason? You no. have those two you have <laughs> no. those two. game one of the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is what we're going to get. No.
3: Not really. No. no, no,
2: none of us did. None of us did. But that's what I love about this team. It's a meritocracy. Coop don't care what your contract number is, what, what your pedigree is. It's who gives us the best chance to win right now. Who plays better with whom? And, and those, are, those are the guys we'll see. It's good stuff. That's why, they, that's why he's the, the coach of the year. Not as many times as he should have been.
3: By he, the he's way. never been the coach of the year, by the way. And he's only well, been a finalist twice.
2: That's right. He's never won the he is Hanna the form. He is
3: the longest tenured NHL coach in some time, and he's by far well, the best w- coach, he's but he's won, never won not,
2: it. He's not won the Jack Hanna, but he's won some other ones, like other publications and yeah, stuff. Yeah, but never the but official never, one. Not the official and he's only been one. a
3: finalist twice. That's ridiculous. You not know. saying this is the year for him to be up for it by any means, but no. there should have been some years before that.
2: That's ridiculous. Think about that. He's the most successful coach. Like the numbers that he's put up are, are with the, are the Hall of Famers of the game. He, he, the fastest he's, the a, fastest. he's a Hall of Fame head coach. Most wins in the first eight hundred. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a Hall of Fame coach, and he's never won the out. He's in. He is. I think in the. I don't
3: know if this is a hot take or not, but I think he's every bit in the Scotty Bowman tier. Well, number numbers suggest it. And I'd argue his is more impressive because of the salary cap era and doing it in a non-traditional hockey power. Of course. And coaching these guys for like 10 years and everything in the salary cap era, which is incredibly difficult to do. Right. So I put him, I put him up in that like top 10 at least category of all time, mm-hmm. probably in the top five, to be honest, when it's all said and done.
2: What an embarrassment that he hasn't won that award. Yeah, but again, like that's... the writers. But you know what that is. That that's, that's bias against Tampa. By the, by the writers.
3: Well, what they the do, what that award trophy has turned into, and this is almost across all sports, they give the Manager of the Year Award to the team that nobody saw coming. Right. right. Like, we're going to award like the Buffalo head coach. Like, Buffalo took strides this year, uh, but Granato, I think, is his name. He's probably going to be in like the top five of that voting, even though they didn't make the playoffs. But because he's going to get that credit, though, because I, I would, they were much better.
2: I would submit to you, especially in the salary cap era, in any sport, keeping a team relevant and in the championship hunt – not just relevant, but in the finals, is ridiculously hard to keep them hungry. With the and same keep group, keep them motivated. Yeah. Ridiculously hard to do. It's, it's almost impossible, and he's been able to do that. Yet you're not the coach. Of the- Come on. Come on. It's just- so you have the bias against Tampa Bay, number one, and then you have a bias against a coach that doesn't have the normal pedigree. You know, didn't come up playing the game.
3: That's always been held against him.
2: Always been held yep. against him. He's a lawyer. He's just he's an outsider, so to speak. Well, not anymore. My God, I mean, come on. But I think there's always going to be that bias against him because of it.
3: That's fine. Yeah, he's whatever. still the best. He's still the best coach in football. Er, he's going football. to
2: the hall of hockey. <laughs> he, he's going to. I know. I called the bucks. The bolts. <laughs> the bucks. Uh, it's like he's going to the hall of fame. He's, he's one of the best to ever do it, and there's no way they could take take that away from me. what do we have there
3: well we got to go to break when I mean, we got to come back and talk about this oh breaking there is, news there is the a nfc south not in the nfc south but in the nfl there is a new highest paid player in nfl history oh really and maybe not who you thought it was going to be
2: huh. Huh. so chew on that everybody for new just a second paid come back oh. and tell you about it Huh? okay i'm interested i miss i hope you are too all right, quick break. We're brought to you by the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Go to their website to contact them to get the personal attention that your case deserves. You go with these bigger firms, folks. And they ain't going to call you back. Trust me, I've been through it. Um, get with a, a local firm that's going to give you that personal attention. That's the Jeeves Law Group, J-E-E-V-E-S Law Group.com. Back in three. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the Gold and Diamond Source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the Gold and Diamond Source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on just select products and you probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake it doesn't mean as much the Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Overton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. All right, this is for all you guys who don't want to go to the gym and do 5,000 crunches. At Bay Area Modern Medical Center, you can get on the new True Body machine where you can reduce fat and tone up your muscle. It's like doing 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Define your body as you see fit. True Body offers personalized muscle stimulation that delivers the equivalent of those 54,000 crunches in just 15 minutes. Just Get in touch with them at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Chris Lugo and the team over there will set you up on TrueBody and get amazing results. Non-invasive with comfortable and little to no pain and zero downtime. You can isolate and target those areas that you want to improve and treat multiple areas simultaneously. It's an amazing machine, so check it out at Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Well, Fitz, the mortgage guy, did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618 on his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, scott at amstampa.com or call 813-294-7595. That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595 or go to Scott at scottatamstampa.com. Insurance coverage can be confusing and expensive. I mean, where do you start? Which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair? Well, call the great folks at Italiano Insurance. It's a family-owned business. Jeff and Nat Italiano are carrying on the 60-year-plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients. But it's the customer service that sets them apart. They can shop all your insurance needs and save you big-time money. Don't hop on the Internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews. Talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice-generated robot. These are confusing times for homeowners, and Italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation, home, auto, business, life. It's Italiano for all the pieces of your life. Call 813-877-7799 or go to italianoinsurance.com. Let's go. Right now. Back to the show with JP on on FanStream Sports. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show here. As we roll through on Monday, getting uh, ready for the NHL playoffs, our thanks to Eric Erlinson for joining us there, and our thanks to Bay Area Modern Medical Center, BAMMC.com. Boy, they're getting a great response over there. The new True Body machine something you got to jump on, give yourself some abs right away. It uh, kind of shocks your inner core into activating and does all that – that, that super science stuff, I don't know what it did, but it works. I know that much. And they've got some great uh programs over there for weight loss as well. So if you're looking to get ready for boat season in the summer, Bay Area Modern Medical Center, B A M M C dot com. Get your health right with uh with Chris Lugo and the and the gang over there. Um what else? Oh oh my my is my there. Yeah, that's much better. it frame everything up here. Make make the T V show look good. Absolutely <laughs> Um, you want to get into a little bit of the uh, NBA? What you watched yesterday? Before we uh, jump into some of the some of the footballs. Oh, we got to get to this story first. I did want to get to this
3: story because yeah. this is this is gigantic news. New highest paid player in the in NFL history, and his name is Jalen Hurts. A five year, two hundred and fifty five million dollar extension. Uh, that one hundred and seventy nine million that is guaranteed. Also includes fifteen million incentives, which means he can earn up to fifty four million per year in new money and up to 274 million through 2028. A absolutely monster deal for Jalen Hurts here, which I
2: personally was not expecting. No, he wouldn't have been the guy that I talked about because he did say that he, you know, wasn't going for top dollar.
3: It sounded like he was going to be that guy that took a little bit less, maybe extend the years a little bit to drive that number down so they could continue to feel
2: team. Of course really they can do that team. later. They can rework the they contract could. and add and which they'll probably do. But we gotta keep in, in mind here. Cap went up twenty five million this year. Correct. It's gonna go up at least twenty-five million next year. So it, it last year it was two hundred eight, I believe. And as the new money kicks in, and the new money is double what the old money was. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna be closer to a three hundred and fifty to four hundred million dollar cap here by the time that contract's over. Yep. So while it sounds ridiculous right now, it's not going to be in the future, and the agents know this, and the teams know this, and and maybe a lot of that contract is backloaded as well, so we don't know what the individual hits are in years. But when you when doing a new contract that, like this, and, and honestly, they they'll plan to do voidable years, like it's they can mold it into yeah. anything they want at this point.
3: And I and when I say when you say get his money, yeah, when you say it's like a crazy deal, it sounds crazy. I'll I'll just preface this: I am not. By any means, I'm going to tell you this guy doesn't deserve the money. Oh, no. Hell no. By by no means am I going to say that. I just have concerns, I guess, about Philly because they came oh so close this time. And I don't know what this roster is going to look like. They've lost some guys. They're going to lose this veteran kind of stretch, the kind of these veteran guys that have been there for a while in the next couple of years. So I have concerns about how much we talk about this all the time. you got to maximize your window. Yep. When you have that rookie quarterback, yeah, the
2: Kelsey is playing. He's coming back this year. Yeah. They're center, but he's what, the Kelsey. 30, the Kelsey's the Graham's,
3: the Cox, yeah, yeah. all those Lane Johnson, all those guys are going to be gone in the next couple
2: of years, who are a huge part of what they did last year. Exactly, huge part. yeah, yeah. So they're going to have to go through some. But again, that it, it, it sounds like a lot now, but it's not going to be as much in the future.
3: Yeah, but it's still it's still a thing though. When you're paying a your quarterback yeah. fifty five million a year, essentially, they're paying AJ Brown twenty five million a year so you're tying up about 80 million plus in two players on your salary cap. It's a lot. It's still hard. It's still, whatever the cap is going to be, that's still going to be really hard to navigate through. Yeah. I mean the rod. I mean the the Packers couldn't do it. The Chiefs but his, couldn't his, do it. His
2: cap hit is not going to be 55 million this year or in the next few million the next few years. It's probably going to be closer to 30
3: if they can rework it and get it
2: down. No, I, I no, even even now I think well, spread, no, it's, spreading right it down,
3: now it's 51 million is what it's set to be. It's,
2: it's this cap hit this year? Mhm. Well, they didn't have to do that. I wonder why they did year. for next year. For next year.
3: Yeah. For next. This year, year okay. it's on his last year of his rookie deal. Like he had, they were going to get an extension done, no matter what, this offseason, season. Uh, but obviously, a little bit bigger than I was.
2: So it'll expecting. be fifty-one in in two seasons in twenty twenty-four. Twenty twenty-four, which the cap will probably go. Yeah.
3: And he ain't <laughs> going to be the. And by the way,
2: he's not going to be the
3: longest or the highest paid player in NFL history for long.
2: Oh no, because no, 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 no coming no. right after
3: him is Mister Burrow. Yeah. Uh, and Herbert, who I. W- I don't think Joe, uh, Justin Herbert. It's I still have my concerns about him as a a true quarterback that can win. It's just me, uh, but I know that for his talent, he's going to get whatever the highest rate is.
2: I kind of feel like his coaching staff has held him back.
3: It has Big held kind. him back. They ha- I mean, it's it's the Chargers. They yeah. always have the injury boo boo. I saw this this crazy stat about the Chargers this year that when Herbert, Allen, and and Mike Williams were all on the field this year. Herbert's completion percentage was like 77%. And he was like, his numbers were up there with like the best, he was the best quarterback in the league when he had those
2: two guys on the field. Don't let your eyes deceive you. He's the top five quarterback in this league. He is. He is. He is. He's one squat. I know there are reasons for that. His coach is a moron.
3: I know there are reasons for Fourth that. Fourth and
2: 17 at my own 20. Let's go. I like my quarter- we got a great quarterback. I
3: like my quarterbacks to overcome Dumbass. just a little bit more.
2: You can't when you're not there's pulling numbers, the strings.
3: There's numbers out there that he wilts in the big moments. They're out there.
2: My eyes don't deceive me. He's, he's a stud. And when he gets with, with a good, mature coach, that knows, and it's not just on game day, that's just the stuff we see. Think about all the shenanigans that must be going on behind the scenes with that joke of an organization and a head coach that's a, it's, a, it's a knucklehead. He's a knucklehead. And you mentioned all the injuries as well. It, it's hard to put winning and losing. I mean, it, it, you've got to look deeper. And his, he's got a knucklehead head coach and, you know, an organization that has historically been as bad as it gets. And to me, he's kept them afloat. That's how good he is. And when he gets everything right, if that organization ever gets it right or he gets traded to a good organization, you'll see how great a quarterback and a great leader he can be. Probably so. I mean, look at, look at Trevor Lawrence. Look at the difference between competent coaching and incompetent coaching. It's dramatic. No matter how talented you are, and I'd say both of those guys are about equally as talented, um, it, you will be held back in a team game like in the NFL like this. You will be held back if you have a knucklehead head coach in a bad organization. You just will. Well, that's uh, that's fair, but until until he decides to
3: to win anything, I mean, listen, I don't care what you have as an incompetent. This, when you're up thirty twenty-seven to nothing in a playoff game, you got to put a team away, and nobody wants to talk about the fact that that offense led by Justin Herbert went no show in the second half against Jacksonville. That can't happen.
2: Yeah, that can't they, happen. They they totally put it in the deep freeze. I, yeah, I, it,
3: I, it can't happen. So my my problem with Justin Herbert and why. Uh, I wouldn't give him more money than a Hertz or a Burrow because he's not, he's not Joe Burrow and he's not Patrick Mahomes, and I don't think he's Josh Allen. I don't think he's in that tier. But we're putting him in that tier just automatically.
2: Not automatically. I mean, I watched the guy play. First, step, first, He's not Mahomes. He's not Burrow. I'm not saying he is right now, but in the right organization, you'll be able to one day make that argument. He's that talented. He's that talented. I just, i you know, if he ever gets there, and maybe he will not.
3: Yeah. But and for he will not. for Jalen Hurts though, we talked a lot about him at the Super Bowl. Again, this this is so cool though for Jalen Hurts, is it not? For his story, his background, and everything, right? Like this is like storybook for him. And to have the season he did, uh, probably should have won the. You, you could have made an argument for him winning Super Bowl MVP with not even winning the Super Bowl. Like that's how good he was, mm-hmm. and he caps it off as the as the highest paid quarterback in NFL history.
2: Well, good for him. I mean, you t- look what he's con- he's come back from. Uh, There were probably times when he thought he'd never even make it to the NFL getting replaced like that. And here he is, the highest paid player in the NFL coming off a Super Bowl appearance.
3: Yeah, and what do we talk about all the time? If I'm giving guys $50 million, like, I want to know that I can sleep at night, not worry about it. And he. He's that guy. More so than probably anybody in the league, he personifies that. He's uh, that guy. Whereas the guy in Cleveland. (laughs) <laughs> not so much?
2: <laughs> not so much, no. Not so much? Doesn't deserve $240 million guaranteed? I don't, I don't think so. No. I still say to this day, that is the most dumbfounding story. I mean, I'm not saying I'm best best friends with the dude, but, I mean, I've always been... I was a huge Deshaun Watson fan. Not only just because of the way he played on the field and the people that doubted him. I, I was shocked when he fell in the draft. and And... Which maybe that was the reason he fell in the draft. I don't, who knows? Things, some people knew what we didn't know. And, you know, talking to Jeff Scott about him, talking to um, other people at Clemson about him, and, and everybody that came in, in contact with him just raved about him as a human being. And, it's, you know, and watching his interviews and interviewed him a couple times, and, you know, in, in a larger situation, seemed like the most sincere guy. Mm-hmm. Like, just totally had me fooled. Totally had me fooled. I didn't know any like I think he caught everybody off guard. Yeah. You never know. And then the weird part is still to this day when he's pressed on it, he's like, "I didn't do anything wrong." It's, yeah, it's the non- admission. I didn't do anything. what did I do wrong?" Yeah. I'm like, "Dude, either this is the biggest frame job in history by which I wouldn't put past the Houston organization whatsoever. Those people are just bizarre, beyond weird. Uh rich people do crazy stupid stuff and that's what they do. Um but I mean, the evidence is just overwhelming against him. And still to this day, and here he is, highest paid player, highest guaranteed contract in NFL history, 33 rape rate valid allegations. What is that,
3: $60 million, $70 million more guaranteed than he got than Jalen Hurts? Yeah. Yeah, and that tells you right there that these teams are, like you've been saying, they're not going to let Cleveland and their F-up dictate what the market is going to be. No. And I think that kind of, I was going to point that that out. Because everybody's going to now see, like, how does this affect the Lamar Jackson negotiations? Does he need to realize that, hey, I I don't need to be asking for Deshaun Watson money because nobody's giving me that money. Because if if Philadelphia wouldn't even give Jalen Hurts $250 million, I'm here to to tell
2: you, if the Ravens would offer that to him, and I think they already have. If they offer that
3: contract right there.
2: And Lamar said no.
3: Then I'm looking at Lamar like,
2: well, I mean, there's what's the most that's been reported that they've offered him like 120 million guaranteed.
3: I want to say it might have been one of the offers floated out was like three years, 133 million.
2: I mean, what more do you want? Good God! And what? I mean, 250 million. Also, obviously.
3: again, hate to go back to it, but if you had an agent, potentially. And we could, the we agent
2: would be telling you this is a good deal. <laughs> yeah, take we could. We could. This end, is a good deal. Take
3: we could end this whole song and dance right now. And also, too, the report over the weekend where it, it, it sounded like he demanded. This is from Michael Lombardi, I think. He was demanded that the Ravens go out and get OBJ and DeAndre Hopkins, and then he'll start discussing again about a contract. So now he's like trying to push his weight around to get two very elder receivers with injury histories and large contracts. And he base. I think he basically forced the Ravens into giving Odell Beckham Jr. eighteen million dollars,
2: which is a, a disaster of a contract.
3: So now they're kind of letting Lamar pull the strings, and to an well, extent, why, you well, kind of have to because you really need but the doesn't quarterback. Lamar but
2: understand if you overpay at that position, it's going to be less money that gets, goes to him. I would like to think, but again, he doesn't have an agent. <laughs> Most bizarre situation ever. Um, at least the Bucks don't have to worry about that. No. Um, all right, so there's there's a ton of mock drafts out there. Uh, Josh Capo from Peter Report just came out with his mock draft, and he has the Bucks selecting with the 19th selection in the 2023 NFL Draft. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers select Broderick Jones, Georgia, offensive tackle, Broderick Jones. Um, Nobody has a problem with that pick. I mean, when you get one of the better offensive tackles in, in, in the draft, it's not a big deal. I just don't I think I think Jason Light is sitting there going, I drafted Luke Getickey and I drafted Haney. Hainsey, both of those guys are starters in this league. I'm not forcing my hand at number nineteen to take an offensive tackle. Because I have enough good offensive linemen right now that I don't have to spend. I have bigger needs, and the best player on the on the board right there may not be an offensive tackle, but it may be. I mean, I don't have a problem with that pick. Um, you can never have enough good offensive linemen, and at 19 to get it, that that that's pretty good value right there. Because I think he'd be what the third. Tackle off the board, Darnell Wright in his mock draft goes to the Jets. There, uh, Paris Johnson Jr. Yeah, those are the
3: three. Yeah,
2: so and goes Skaronsky. Yeah, so yeah. there's four. Yeah, and he beat the fourth tackle off the draft at 19.
3: Well, Tristan Wirth was the fourth tackle off yeah. the board.
2: Yeah, not too bad. Not too bad. So I don't have a huge a problem with it. And and there's a lot of edge rushers that are going before him in in. Um, in this mock draft from Josh Capo.
3: Yeah, that's, that's the thing you have to keep in mind. Like, I would love for the pick to be an edge, preferably.
2: But it's the, if it's a 6th edge rusher, no.
3: But I don't want to force it, exactly. Right, exactly. If, it's, if it's the 6th edge rusher, because probably those guys are going to go pretty early. Right. A lot of them are going to go really early, especially with all this quarterback shuffling going on around. It's going to get, I think it's, I don't think the. let's just put it this way. From 1-20, I don't think the, what it shows right now, the teams that are in those slots, I don't think it's going to look anything like that by the time we get there. I think there's going to be a lot of moving going around.
2: Yeah, this one, uh, Josh's uh, mock draft has Houston trading with Indianapolis and the Colts coming up to select Anthony Richardson. Um, Hearing a lot about that. The Colts have been tied to Anthony Richardson a lot. So um, that, that, that could be where this draft Whoa. shapes out. And by the way, he has Bryce Young going number one overall at the Carolina Panthers. I
3: think Schefter even said it seems like a – formality that's happening, that it's Bryce Young number one. If Schefter said it this early, that it sounds like there ain't nothing that's going to sway Carolina at this point. That's the guy. I can't. Uh,
2: I I just, I I don't know, man. I see a lot
3: of Tua in him. Well, who's your number one? Because we've talked a lot about these quarterbacks. Who is your number one quarterback? You don't see a consensus,
2: number one. It's hard, man. I mean, Bryce Young has done everything you want to ask the kid to do. But I turn you turn on that Alabama tape, and time to time, do you do see great escapes. The guy can run and throw and do everything you can. But it's just, you know, in the NFL, they're going to force you to sit in that pocket as much as they can. He can do it, though. I know. But look at the pockets that he passes from in Alabama. I just I turn on the tape, and it's... It's hum- it's like you know from a, a comparative standpoint, these pockets are like this. He's got he can step two and three steps up into the ball. You can actually see him a little bit well, probably. Whereas in the NFL, it's like this. It's like a. class. us keep
3: in mind this year at Alabama, this was not the, the <coughs> typical. This was not the typical Alabama team that we're accustomed to seeing this past year. There wasn't the same guys on the skill positions out wide that they've had in years past. And I'd argue it wasn't the same O-line that they've had in years past. I thought he was under more duress this year than maybe any Alabama quarterback in the last 10, 15 years. And again, like you said, everything that's been asked out of Bryce Young, I think he's exceeded the expectations. He was a number one overall player in his class. There's a lot of expectations you're the number one overall player at Alabama. And he's done everything you can ask. And the only thing we're going to hold him back on is because he's 5'11". Is that what we're doing?
2: Well, let me... Let me ask you this. Whereas question. every
3: other quarterback, I can poke a hole somewhere. How many
2: how many quarterbacks under six feet have won um, have won the Super Bowl in the past twenty five years, past thirty years? Steve Young. Was mm, he under six foot? No. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Russell Wilson is the only one. Russell Wilson. That's it. And if you go and look at Drew Brees, uh, Drew Brees is right at six foot, maybe six foot and a half or a pinch and pennies. Yeah, they're 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 few and far between. Um, and you look at the, 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 the quarterbacks uh, by PFF rankings. Is this the PFF ranking right here mm-hmm. um, from last year? Mahomes, Burrow, Allen, Tua is number four. But how many games did he play? Not enough. Like 11. And I'm not sure if he's going to play again. Jalen Hurts is six two, right? 6'3". Six 6'3", three. Six three, six three. Um Justin Herbert. Kirk Cousins. Um, you know, Geno Smith, Tom Brady, Trevor Lawrence, Andy Dahl. I mean it's Brock the, Purdy. There's there's Brock Purdy. What's Brock Purdy?
3: Well, actually we debunked that. He's actually he's over six foot.
2: Yeah, he's over six foot. Yeah. It's just hard to play in this league for so many and when I watched the way Tua and it's not just his height. But it's his weight. Like Russell, you know, think about Russell. Russell has always been built. I mean, he's a thick dude. Yeah, like,
3: thick. Legs. I'll use the call, him he called him Trunky. He's Trunky, yeah.
2: yeah. You know, Bryce is 100, he, you know, I don't care if he's 205 at the combine, whatever. Um, yeah, he had lead, lead weight under underwear on, I guarantee it. He plays at 185, 190. Very Tua-esque. And it just, they, they get thrown around like ragdolls. And that's how Tua's concussions have happened. So and, you think he's Tua from the right side? Mm-hmm. Yep. And, which is to say, he you know... I would argue Bryce, also is a, is a
3: far superior arm talent than, than, than Tua. Tua. Far superior.
2: Tua's got some damn good arm talent. I mean, he's, he's accurate. Now, Bryce has probably got a little bit more velocity on a the ball. A lot more velocity. Yeah. It's a hard, I don't want to knock the guy. And it's just such a you know it's just such a size thing, and that's all it is. So that's you, all it is. So he are has you, every other attribute? So do you
3: think Stroud is one? Because I know how you feel about Anthony Richardson.
2: You hear a lot of bad stuff about Stroud. I mean, from Ohio State people, my my Ohio State insiders. He's got all the talent in the world, but they you know they the word diva is thrown around. So you're not Immature. sold on any other quarterback. No. No, I'm not.
3: Because we're I, hyping this class up like this is a you have yeah, to get a quarterback well, in this class.
2: It's always that way, right? It, it, two years ago, everybody's saying, "Oh, this was going to be a." Yeah, weak there was class. five quarterbacks in the yeah, top fifteen, and, right? and then then it's a great class. And you get down to it, now it's you know the, always. This is always a fact. The closer you get to draft day, the better these quarterbacks all become. Anthony Richardson is suddenly gone from a guy that couldn't break the starting lineup at Florida to the number two overall pick because of what? Because he's the most
3: athletically gifted. Quarterback to probably come through right. through this process,
2: right? And I understand that the 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 league is moving that way, so that's where I start. to, like if this was ten years ago and Anthony Richardson came along, I'd say Jamarcus Russell. The
3: first pick in this draft ten years ago would be Will Levis.
2: Yeah, exactly, probably. Um, or or uh, or Hendon Hooker. If probably he wasn't was. injured, yeah. But but Hendon Hooker would be a better drop back, you know, better arm talent. Of all these guys, arm talent wise, the most accurate, the most NFL throws that I see on tape are Hendon Hooker. He to me is the most gifted thrower of the football. Now, he's, you know, I talk about size, he's a little too spindly for my liking. He's too skinny. Yeah, he's skinny. He's Vince Young skinny. He's um he's just, you know, I feel like Teddy Bridgewater skinny. You know, he just doesn't have the girth to handle the that, that's my problem with Hendon Hooker. I don't know if he can handle the rigors of the NFL. Um, but with the from, injury already there. With the injury, are two two ACLs yeah. already there. So it's just, you know, he looks like, you know, those, he's got those thoroughbred legs, you know. Um, and he, he, But, man, he can throw the football. He can throw the football. I just love his deep ball, the, the, his, his accuracy. He just throws the ball as, as gifted a thrower, I think, is there, as it is in this class. So, but I think there's knocks on all these guys. I think Bryce Young is, is too small. I think um, Anthony Richardson is too raw, and I don't know if he uh if he can be as effective against these complex NFL defenses that are all that are going to do everything they can to take away his athleticism and make them. You know, they're going to get to your to your to your basic weakness. Um, you know, Will Levis is just not as accurate as I would like him to be. Um, he's got a lot of great qualities, but I think you know this, the junior season was fantastic. The senior season wasn't. He was injured. Bad people around him, I get all that, but it's still, it's a knock.
3: The, the Blaine Gabbert comparison that Scott Reynolds yeah. said on our show yeah. last week, I saw that actually from PFF, I want to say, yeah. this week. That was his comp. Yeah. And they also pulled executives around the league, and the name Blaine Gabbert yeah. came up. Yeah. That scares me. Yeah. You have a team of executives saying that he's comp as Blaine Gabbert,
2: and then you got Hendon Hooker, who in my mind is you know a great thrower, but very, you know I don't know if he can handle the rigors. Who am I forgetting? Um, no, that's the five. Yeah, um, yeah. So and, and and I go look at um, you know some of these your shorter quarterbacks that have been taken. You know Baker Mayfield I think is six one right?
3: Yeah, Teddy Bridgewater is another one. Yeah, um, obviously
2: Manziel, Kyler Murray. You know has not. Has had flashes of brilliance, but he can't stay healthy either. Yeah, and he's got an ACL now. Yeah, he's got an ACL now. Um, you know, we're, we're saying that the you know Lamar Jackson, two two years, he can't finish, can't finish the season, he can't can't play in the playoffs. You know, so it's Zach Wilson. Yeah, Zach Wilson. You know that didn't work out so well. So there's, it, again, it is hard to play quarterback in this league. You got to be so good at so many different things. Look at Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is not the most gifted thrower of the football, but he has no. made himself into a damn good passer. A damn good passer. He's not a natural thrower, but he, he became a damn good passer. He worked his ass off at it and is now a very effective. And in the, in the offense that they run, he's as good as he gets. Mm-hmm. He really is. I think Justin Fields can be the same thing if given an organization around him. Yeah, I see a lot of similarities there. Absolutely. I mean, Justin is such a gifted runner, and he could throw the football. But all these other guys, it's so much is about where you go and where, where you, you get with, and and that's going to help you or, or determine. The, you well, know.
3: I, I like. I mean, I think the guys who get to Carolina have a puncher's chance because of because of Frank Reich and everything that he's done. I think they got a, and Josh McCown working there, who's a vet. Uh, I think you have a puncher's chance there. I think the place that I would struggle where I want you, to, or I just don't know if I'd like it is Indianapolis. To me, is the one that to me is all over the place. Yeah. Uh, And, by the way, I was going to mention this. Jim Ursa, who's the most erratic owner in the NFL. Did you see his tweet yesterday?
2: Yeah, what? what, All over the boards. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Openly coming out and saying, we could take this guy, or we could take this guy, or we could
2: trade down. Or maybe we'll take a quarterback, or maybe not. I I need some attention. I'm going to put this out. Yeah, and he puts a picture of all the four quarterbacks here. I need some attention. I need some (laughs) attention. You're not talking about me enough. Yeah, I'm going to put this out there. Yeah, that's that, I don't know, that, know if I'd that, want to go there. It was a cry for attention. If I'm the Panthers, first of all, I, I wouldn't have moved up, I wouldn't have moved up and spent all that capital, but I'm glad they did. Really? No, 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 no. I think it, they could have moved up, they could have moved up to maybe four and gotten a good court. Gotten, gotten, I don't know which one of these guys is going to be the best. But you give up that much to go up, then you better know that that guy's a, a can't miss. None of these guys I, are can't I just, miss. I don't
3: think what they gave up was that bad.
2: None of these guys are can't miss. None of them. So if you're not moving up for a can't miss, and for the for number one overall, then I I, I don't. Would you, if prefer, I were, you prefer
3: you preferred Carolina to if, take it one more year? If, if
2: I was where Carolina, were,
3: and if, then next year would be the draft for you to try to trade up. If but I the was price Carolina, lot
2: first of all, if I was Carolina, I would have waited till draft day. And then try to, and, and try to maneuver to get the guy that I want. And maybe would have spent a hell of a lot less. But you're going to get one of, the, one of these guys. And if I were them, I would take, to me, C.J. Stroud is... Your most complete. Most complete guy. Because I think, you know, I can't... I'm not going to be able to coach 6-2 out of Bryce Young. Uh, now, am I going to be able to coach the diva and the in- entitlement out of C.J. Stroud? Probably. Maybe. M- much better chance than the other way around, because the other way is not happening. Him, you bring into an organization, you sit him down, and you're like, bro, this ain't Ohio State anymore where everybody's going to smooch your ass 24 and, 7 and, and, and give you everything you want. This is, you are one of. And
3: you know what's going 53. in his direction? To, what's going in his favor is against that Georgia defense last year, he put on Torched. by far the best performance that we've seen against that defense in the last two years.
2: And what was the knock on him? Well, he's not a great runner. He's not as. Much, and he's like, Because he didn't well, run much. Yeah, because he didn't want to. He didn't want to get hurt. These guys that go to Ohio State, I hear this a lot. It's like a feeder program to the NFL. It's like everything is about getting to the NFL, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, guys aren't playing in bowl games. They're nursing injuries. I mean, they just – everything is about getting to the next level. It's super professional. And CJ, you know, he's like, I'm not going to run around if I don't have to, but if when I need to, I'll show you. I can do it. And he did. He did. And I think his stock went way up. But also that whole attitude of, you know, me, me, me. As you, you, you're not going to be respected in the in the locker room. Your team, your older teammates are going to look down on you. They're not. It's it's going to be a tough go if you walk in with that attitude. So if I'm the Panthers, I got to make sure, damn sure, that I got to you know have some conversations with him before we get before we we bring him in. And, but, and you know, I listen. Bryce Young will have a good career in this league. I think he will. But I just don't know how high the ceiling is with with his size. And I think there's a huge chance that he could be an off injured quarterback much like Tua. So that that's that 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 that's where I stand. Now as far as where the Bucks go, you know, if if, if this mock draft is right like so many that I see, you know, Tyree Wilson, edge rusher, Texas Tech gone with the six overall pick. Will Anderson gone with the third overall pick to the Cardinals. Um I mean, how many deep are we going into this? Uh, Miles Murphy to the to uh, to the Falcons, you know, from Clemson. Um, Lucas Van Ness, Iowa, but to the Bears. I mean, it's going to be rather picked over for edge by the time the Bucks get there,
3: which would tell me that if they really want to get an edge, you're going to get probably the seventh or eighth guy, and preferably you want to get it somewhere in picks 32 to 45. Right and the Bucks, I don't believe, have one pick in there, do they, at the moment?
2: They've got 19 and 50.
3: 50. Yeah. So, again, Jason, like, I think he'll wheel and deal to get closer than where he is at 50. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, unf- the guys that they're meeting with, all these edge rushers they're meeting with, like the kid from Kansas State and Will McDonald from Iowa State, those two guys in particular, I think you're going to have to get them from 32 to 40.
2: Josh Capo has in his mock draft you know, on Peter Report 21 Miami Dolphins forfeited pick comment. Bah ha 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 Tom Brady's not coming there.
3: <laughs> they forfeited a 21st overall pick just so they could tamper with Tom Brady. Ouch,
2: babe. Oh, Stephen Ross. Ouch. Wow, that's just not good. You know, you know what's interesting, and they got Baltimore Ravens taking Hendon Hooker at 23. There, I've seen some mocks where they have the Ravens moving up and taking Anthony Richardson.
3: While they still have Lamar under contract. Uh, well, that would, make, that would make the Lamar. That would be probably the most bold decision that franchise has ever made.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: Which is to usually play it safe. Yeah. I just don't think that organization is going to get out of character like that. No. I Hendon Hooker, to me, he's been... The team that seems to be the most interested in him is Minnesota. Minnesota has been the team that's been closely associated with Hendon Hooker. Because you have to ask yourself, do you want to have to pay Kirk Cousins another contract north of $40 million? And he's already been tagged twice. So if you tag him a third time, that's $52 million. When's his contract up? I believe this is it for him. Yeah. This is it this year. So, Minnesota, people think, makes the most sense for Hendon
2: Hooker. Well, and if, if the edge rushers are put, picked over, and your offensive tackles are picked over, you're the Bucks. How attractive does Hendon Hooker look at 19?
3: It, it, to me, it'd be very attractive there, or you logically trade back. If you're not completely sold on it. Which, I don't want the Bucks to take a quarterback at 19 unless 100% of that of Jason like and the decision makers are on it. If there's any bit of doubt, I'm not taking a quarterback at 19. Well, you I'm know not pressing it. You
2: know who's adamantly against it? Todd Bowles. Probably so. That would be the signal in the room that, sorry coach, <laughs> you got... You got we brought back Jamel Dean. We got you Levante David. Uh we even went out and got you a good off good defensive tackle. But we gotta look forward. We gotta look forward and and we don't have a long term quarterback and we need as many options as we can get. Hendon Hooker's the pick. And if you're Todd Bowles, you just say, Thank you very much. Let's let's go get let's go get a defensive player in our with our next pick. So I, I I think if you're sitting there and you're in and this is why the offseason has told me one thing, is that Jason Light is going to field a competitive football team this year. And it's going to be a competitive football team, but but he is he has shored up his team that he can go into this draft and pick any position that he wants. He's not desperate to take a first round tackle or take a first round edge or a first round anything. He can go to war. With this team and be a very competitive team within this division, if he were to take a quarterback that's not going to play this year at number nineteen, because he doesn't have a long-term solution, and mm-hmm. this team's going to be a mid-round pick team next year, where are you going to get one with high upside? And I think in most years, you wouldn't be sitting there at nineteen saying, um, you know, we 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 still need a quarterback, yeah, and, and there, there's a first-round graded quarterback on. That literally could have won the Heisman Trophy and and the and the SEC at Tennessee out of nowhere. It, not nowhere, but it's not Alabama, it's not Georgia. It's you know, the he made that team much better in the last couple of years because of his ridiculous accuracy and that offense that they were running. It's it's you don't find guys like that at nineteen. And the only reason he is is because he has an ACL that's gonna be fine. So,
3: I will say, though, the only thing that would alarm me, there is like a, a track record of quarterbacks who go in that kind of 20 to 32 range, uh, at least in recent years. Uh, most of them
2: have not panned out. Of course. But you, you know what? Go back and look at, at any number. Number one. Number one does not work out often. <laughs> <laughs> this just, you know why? It's hard to find quarterbacks. It is. Which is why you have to get as many options it's as a you big, can. It's just a big Start game. filtering through <laughs> see, how, see who works and
3: see who it's, doesn't. It's why the, the Patriots, even when they had Brady for all those right. years, they drafted a quarterback in every draft. Right. In every draft, hoping, hoping to hit on one.
2: Yeah, you just never know. You never know. Because you never know what system they were in, how bad the coaching was, You know how, how held back he was. You just never know. Brock Purdy. You never know. And then how does this system work when he gets to the NFL? Mm-hmm. How
3: does it's, that work? It's why this, this kid, Clayton Toon from Houston, yeah. he's getting a lot of run. As a, a potential second round pick, but like I mean, there are some people who have PFF put out their rankings. They have him ahead of Hendon Hooker. Yeah, like they're very high on him. Mm-hmm. And that's a guy that I watched at Houston in the AAC, and I looked at him and went eh, uninspiring. Right. But the NFL is a completely different story. So a guy like that, who knows? You put Brock Purdy, obviously, is going to be the greatest example forever going mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. So you just don't. It's a big guessing game. Nobody knows. Yep.
2: All right, we'll take another break. We'll come back on the other side. Um, We had some spring games over the weekend, speaking of football. uh, We'll hit on a couple of those, USF, FSU. We talked about Florida's last week. So we'll get to that when we come back here. We're brought to you by the great folks at the Gold and Diamond Source. Diamonds are the birthstone for April, so why don't you get you some diamonds? Maybe not for you, for your girl, maybe for you. You want them bling? Go get them bling. And Golden Diamond Source is obviously the best place to do it. Great folks over there do so much in the community. You can trust them. They have the greatest selection and an unbelievable staff over there that's going to walk you through everything you need to know. No pressure. It's the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Olmerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. Back in three. coverage can be confusing and expensive i mean where do you start which companies can you count on to pay out fast and fair we well, call the great folks at italiano insurance it's a family-owned business jeff and nat italiano are carrying on the 60 year plus tradition of giving amazing customer service and giving back to the community through their annual backpack drive for needy students and their support of the local pediatric cancer patients but it's the customer service that sets them apart they can shop all your insurance needs and save you big time money don't hop on the internet and waste time looking at some bogus reviews talk to knowledgeable agents and not some voice generated robot these are confusing times for homeowners and italiano's team of experienced professionals can provide the right coverage for every situation home auto business life it's italiano for all the pieces of your life Call 813-877-7799 or go to com. Well, Fitz the mortgage guy did it again. A listener heard his ad was going to another big bank but called Scott Fitzgerald at American Mortgage Services of Tampa and Fitz saved him $618.00. On his monthly payment. Are you kidding me? Folks, that's big money. Rates are going up, they're going down, they're going all over the place. Scott will shop your loan and save you lender fees and get the best rates. Email him, Scott at amstampa.com, or call 813. 813- 294 7595 That's Fitz, the mortgage guy. Lots of stuff going on right now, and these rates are going all over the place. You need somebody knowledgeable in the market that will work hard for you and get you the best deal. That's my man, Scott. He's done three loans for me, done thousands of loans for local folks here, works with a lot of the coaches and players in the area. He's the guy. 813-294-7595, or go to Scott at scottatamstampa.com. Folks, there is no better place to shop for jewelry than the gold and diamond source. They are the family jewelers, and they will treat you like family. They'll make it a fun experience. People come from all over to shop at the gold and diamond source because of their great customer service and incredible, impeccable reputation. No sales pressure, no intimidation, and they have the largest selection of hand-picked diamonds. And by the way, diamonds are the April birthstone. So this month only, they are offering 15% off their diamond birthstone collection available on Just select products and you've probably heard a lot about lab created diamonds folks they hold no real value you will have no resale value whatsoever with a lab created diamond and of course it's fake it doesn't mean as much The Golden Diamond Source has plenty of options to accommodate any budget, folks. Interest-free financing, up to five years, a layaway program, 20% down, and only six monthly payments. And, of course, the Diamond Savings Account, where you get full value of your diamond when you look to upgrade. It's all there for you at the Golden Diamond Source, 3800 Homerton Road, always online at thegoldendiamondsource.com. JP here for the Jeeves Law Group. Have you been injured in an accident, in an auto accident, truck accident, motorcycle accident, at work or at a place of business? Well, call the Jeeves Law Group and get the personal attention that you deserve. I made the mistake many, many years ago with going with one of the bigger law firms, the national law firms. And let me tell you, getting a call back from those folks was next to impossible. Weeks and weeks would go by never get a call back that doesn't happen with the jeeves law group personal attention is what they're all about when you call the jeeves law group you will be part of the family they will represent you in a vigorous and aggressive way against the insurance companies these larger companies will promise bigger settlements but it's the jeeves law group that will get you the best results if you're tired of dealing with these bigger law firms check out the jeeves law group go to jeeveslawgroup.com tell them jb sent you get a free consultation It's the Jeeves Law Group. Scott Jeeves has been representing clients in the Tampa Bay area for over 25 years. Give them a call. It's a free call. 727-894-2929. 727-894-2929. Or go to JeevesLawGroup.com.
0: Ladies and gentlemen,
2: let's rock. This is FanStream Sports with J.P. All right, welcome back to the J.P. Peterson Show as we uh, roll on of this Monday. Going to talk some college football here. Our thanks to the great folks at American Mortgage Services, AMS.com. You can uh, reach Scott Fitzgerald, Scott at AMSTampa.com. Scott at com. you'll get you the lowest rates and a lot of crazy things going on in mortgages right now. So if you uh, if you need to get a mortgage, that's the place to go because you'll always have the lowest rates and the lowest fees. So you got to do that going in and come up with some creative stuff as well to to get you through the next few years. So if you have some questions, feel free to just hit him up on the email, scott at com. It's free. He'll have a long conversation with you and really explain to you what's going on in the market. So if you're just thinking about a mortgage or thinking about you might want to move and obviously the rates are high, and maybe you you know do it for a couple of years. You can refinance after that. So lots of different options out there. So talk to Scott. He knows all of them, and he'll be happy to chat with you free of charge. Um, and uh, he'll even talk some Seminole football with you as well if you if you'd like. Very knowledgeable. So just reach him, Scott at AMS Tampa. dot com. Um, all right. Florida State had their spring showcase over the weekend, um, and a couple guys uh, stood out for for you know I think. They're they're so loaded in so many so many ways. So it's kind of um, you know it's the spring game. It's not Johnny Wilson didn't play it at wide receiver. He's been nicked up a little bit. But Kentron uh, Poitier, I believe is uh, how we how most of us pronounce this his name. We saw him a little bit last year with with 22 catches I think and and made some really good plays during the regular season. But he starred in this game with a one handed uh, catch down the sideline at 69 yards in, in receiving and a touchdown. Really, really stood out, and um, you know they've got Micah Pittman, who's from the Tampa Bay area. He's been nicked up as well, so and he may not be able to come back until maybe the beginning of the season. Uh, AJ Duffy played at quarterback, looked really, really good. Tate Rodemaker, uh, Brock Glenn, their their uh, freshman quarterback, got in there as well. Uh, Rodney Hill is a guy that's third on the depth chart right now, but after. Uh, Toa Feely and Trey Benson, but he looks fantastic. He played a little bit last year and looks every bit the part Um, this year. uh, They're going to be loaded at at wide receiver, running back. The offensive line, when you you take into consideration the depth that they have now, is probably one of the strengths of the team, which – is saying something. If you're an FSU fan, you know that's just absolutely crazy. But it's true. They've concentrated so much on it that they have a tremendous offensive line. Of course, Jordan Travis is going to be the starting quarterback. He played a little bit in this game. I'm, I'm so excited to see his senior season and what he's able to do with this uh, deep receiving core that he's going to have. Hakeem Williams played their five-star uh, wide receiver. Um, he's looked good in this spring as well. Florida State's in some preseason uh, magazines got up, up to as high as six and those preseason things are you know in college college football it's kind of ridiculous because the roster's changed so much but um, I mean if you're a Florida State fan after what you've been through it's it's exciting to be mentioned as one of the you know one of the leaders to, to make it to the playoff and, and win the ACC championship but by the way the divisions are gone this year mm-hmm. so they don't have to you know <laughs> overcome Clemson although I think they can they feel like they could beat Clemson anyway um, it's, yeah, it's going to be an exciting season. The best
3: thing that no I saw injuries. this weekend from Florida State was not the scrimmage, but this right here. This is the best thing we saw. The updated uniforms for Florida State. Did you see these things? Nope. Look at these things. The updated uniforms, they've taken away that obnoxious tribal pattern that's on the collar and, the, uh, and around the arm right. and made it very minimal. Back to the classic look. That is a classic look. As it should be. That is what Florida State should be forever. And now the icy whites. The icy as well, whites look nice, good. The white on the gold. Yeah. Taking away all that nonsense tribal stuff that was just too much. And back to the... It did get a little bit much. A little too much. This, to me, is the perfect amount.
2: Yeah. So That is classic. If you're I return, do like that. If you're going to return like to being
3: the old Florida State, let's do it with the uniforms as well.
2: I like that. I like that they a lot. look very nice. Uh, USF had their game Friday night. Um, I know they had uh, a lot of the wide receivers were injured. Yep. What did, what, did you, what did you take from that?
3: Well, first of all, they got great support. I know they were playing in a soccer stadium, but they filled it at 4,000 people in attendance. Uh, a lot of good uh, past players were there, like Mar- De- Marcos Valdez-Scantling, Mitch Wilcox from the Bengals, and uh, Marlon Mack, some other guys were there. Doing BJ, a f- Daniels. B.J. Daniels. DJ Daniels. They did a flag football game during the halftime. Which I heard was really fun. Uh, you know me; I'm always looking at my boy Byron Brown, 14 to 20 to, uh, 14 to 22 passing with a touchdown. Uh, which it's still a quarterback competition, by the way. It's not been hand; it's not being handed to him or Gary Bohannon, who's not out there. So there's he's a, got a
2: shoulder injury. Yeah, though. Uh,
3: but the the Coastal Carolina transfer, I heard, is getting is getting some play at quarterback as well who sat behind Grayson McCall, Yeah, and he's been impressive early on, and he's getting a lot of reps because of Gary Bohanna not being there. So it might not be a runaway for Byron Brown yet, but he did obviously play uh, more so than anybody. And by all accounts, look good. Naquan Wright ran in for a touchdown, the Florida transfer. Mm -hmm. Uh, Kelly Joyner, if you recall, was a running back. He played slot in this game and led all Bulls uh, pass catchers, seven catches, 65 yards, playing an entirely new position. So... Nice little weapon there out of the slot. So it sounded like it went pretty good for USO, USF over there.
2: Yeah, the problem with them is you know you never know with their defense anybody can can score on them. Last year that was pretty much the case. So defensively is where they well, have to shine.
3: Defensively, six sacks and a pick six.
2: That's not bad. Not bad. <laughs> but again, going against yourself. Um, you know, look, we're gonna get we're gonna find out easy, early on what's going on with USF as they well they got Alabama at the third game of the year. Coming in second or third game of the year. (laughs) Yep. My God. Uh, that, that, that should be very, very interesting, but look, um, transfer portal is open now. Um, opened on Saturday. I think USF needs to add probably four to six players on defense. I don't know what their, what their roster looks like right now, but, um, you know, it's, and it's not easy to do because you got to get rid of guys on scholarship to bring in other guys and, you know, you, you don't, Necessarily want to cut guys that are on scholarship. You can't, you're not supposed to do that, but they
3: are one year renewable
2: deals. So.
3: No, the, the timing, though, of this portal is just, it's so weird to me. Like, right after spring games end, and we're like, all right, or during spring games, we're opening up the portal
2: again. Well, guys, it's, you it's, know. It's, it's the
3: way it is, obviously. Yeah, but.
2: because this <laughs> is when they feel like they know if they're starters or I, not. I and, found you it know, funny,
3: though. I uh, remember with Dion when he got to Colorado and just he just said, you know, portals open. Portals open. The second that portal opened, I think Colorado had, like, the most players going into that portal.
2: <laughs> for good reason. For good reason. <laughs> for good reason. He
3: probably said, no, I'm going to write your name in that portal for you. Goodbye. Yeah, he probably <laughs> did.
2: He probably looked at the tape and said, yeah. I mean, which is interesting because that's it was kind of the different approach at USF. And you may like that. You, you, Alex was just like, we're going to surround you with the best possible coaching, the best possible uh, a staffing, the oh, uh, you know, support system, that you, so you can become the best that you can be. <laughs> and Dion's like, you guys ain't good enough. Get the hell out of here. Oh, I mean, this You're 1-11. Two Get completely different situations, right. though. But
3: yeah. USF needs to be over for business in this summer. This, right. this, I think Alex Golish said that this is the most important camp slash portal season, whatever you want to call it, summer, I think he said, in USF yeah. football's history, which might be fair. Yeah. It might be fair to say it's that important so far. All right, we need to hit one more break? Um, I don't believe so. We got about five minutes left here. I did want to provide a couple updates yeah. on the Rays and the Lightning. We didn't get to it when we were first on about the Rays, but Cooper Chriswell has been added to the roster. Okay. From AAA. Starting pitcher? Uh, right? Yes. And yeah. he got a, I think he had one outing last year with the Rays. Yeah. By all accounts, he's been pretty good in AAA. And then Todd Bradley on the taxi squad. And Topkin wrote in his article this morning that it sounds like he might get the start tomorrow. Yeah,
2: that would make sense. So everybody wants to see Todd
3: Bradley again tomorrow. Yeah, which is where he should be. Which needs to happen.
2: Yeah, he's the best starter on your 40-man roster that's available. Get him in there. Yep. There's no reason not to. Uh,
3: And then on the lightning side of things, John Cooper just spoke a moment ago. Uh, Tanner Janot confirmed out for Game 1, but he left the door open for Game 2 and said that it went from week to week, and now it's day to day for Tanner Janelle.
2: That's crazy.
3: And there's video here of him skating, and he looks he's obviously going
2: at slower speed, but he's the fact that he's skating. Yeah, and and uh, Eric Erlandson was on with us earlier today from practice said he didn't look like he was favoring his leg at all.
3: No, but then so. again, you know, we saw this last year. Remember every practice they had throughout the postseason, in Braden Point was going around, and we were asking, like, does he look like he's okay to play yet? And it never ended up happening. Mm-hmm. So... But it's encouraging, nonetheless.
2: Well, evidently, uh, the Los Angeles Lakers have a new go-to guy in the fourth quarter. Oh, who would that be? That'd be Austin Reeves, who scored 14 <laughs> points in the fourth quarter yesterday in the Lakers' uh, first-round win over the Grizz. And Ja Morant hurt his right his right uh, wrist yeah. falling to the floor, and it looked it did not it return. Did look nasty. It did not look good. X-rays were negative. It's not broken, but man. That's your shooting hand, uh, not too good, and the Lakers jump out to a one twenty eight one twelve win in game one. Uh, did you have besides Reed? Did you have Rui Hachimura as the I, as I, the leading scorer for the I Lakers not, <laughs> on your bingo not, board? I did not. And um, the Phoenix Suns also get upset in the first in the first game of their. I'm series. not surprised. Why are you not surprised?
3: I said this on this show, I think about a month ago, and I've said this in the limited times that I get to talk about the NBA, that I thought the Clippers were the sneaky team to watch in the West. Even though Paul George is not going to play in the first round, I am a Kawhi Leonard stan, if you will, and I said it yesterday on Twitter, this guy is an all-time playoff performer. Unbelievable. about elevating your game in the postseason. Kawhi Leonard is that. That's why I don't count out the Clippers at all, because a healthy Kawhi Leonard in the postseason, I can make an argument he's the best player in the, in the NBA in the postseason.
2: He just stepped up and hit three threes in the last three minutes of that game like it was nothing. Yeah. Like it was nothing.
3: He, he's cold. And also, Russell Westbrook with the—you'll the, <laughs> the, never see a better 3-for-19 <laughs> shooting performance game, whatever you want to call it, than to what we saw yesterday.
2: He took, with a minute, 20 left in the game. The Clippers down one, I think. Or maybe up one. He just ISO'd like he was Russell Westbrook year five. Yeah. Like MVP Russell Westbrook. He took on that challenge. And he got fouled. He got fouled, missed the shot, of course, brick city. (laughs) They bailed him out with a foul, which he kind of got, you know, Booker kind of hit him on the arm a little bit. Not that it would, you know, upset his terrible shot. So he goes to the line as a 66% free throw shooter. Yep, knocks them both down. So I give him full credit. But what in the f are you doing taking that shot in that situation? He's he's an enigma. You don't. I'm sorry. That's a bad play, and he got he made the he made he got bailed out by a bad foul call. But
3: for that situation to come back and go and go on and made a great
2: defensive play, made a great which he could have been called for a foul as well.
3: I'm glad they didn't. This is the playoffs.
2: I I agree. I agree. If if, but if you're going to call the foul at that end on his shot a little ticky-tack on the – a little little brush of the – hardly anything, no body, no nothing. And then at the other end, he's mugging Booker to the, to the hole, and, there, and he gets a little piece of the ball and there's no call? I mean
3: –
2: I ain't questioning it.
3: I ain't questioning it. I love – Russell Westbrook for – he does winning things, though. If, if I'm the Clippers. He does winning things. If
2: I'm the Clippers, I'm, Tyler, I'm like, dude, Okay. You got away with it. Don't be freaking taking shots down the stretch. We'll no, I don't, I don't need
3: Russell shooting. Ice I don't need Russell shooting. When you're three uh, for 19. Yeah, I don't need him stop. shooting 19 times. But I tell you what. Stop. Uh, That's ridiculous. Yeah. If you're That's the ridiculous. Suns, though, I can tell you what, though. And
2: everybody's, oh, Spurs Westbrook played his great. You're three for 19, bro, and you got bailed out at the end of the game. Oh,
3: stop. He, he won them that game at the end.
2: Oh, please. He made, he he won made a couple of good defensive plays Oh how got about, a rebound. Okay,
3: why don't you criticize Kevin Durant? How about that? Where was he last night?
2: How do you take one I don't one care if scored 27. Shot.
3: 15 shots in 45 minutes. One Kevin shot in the last nine. Yeah. Kevin Durant has lost six straight postseason games. Let's talk about that. What are you
2: doing? Well, first of all, it, 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 yeah, I, I don't get that. I, I I don't know what the coach is doing. I don't know what Durant is doing. That's just ridiculous.
3: No, this Suns team, I'm telling you, this Suns team has two all-world players. The rest of that roster ain't it. The Clippers are winning this series without Paul George.
2: G- DeAndre Ayton was was unstoppable yesterday. They couldn't stop him. They had no answer for him. None. Especially down the stretch. Okay, well, they have no answer for Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard Nobody's made, guarding Kawhi Kawhi Leonard, Leonard, Leonard on team. made some
3: big-ass shots. Nobody's guarding Kawhi Leonard on the team. The Clippers are deep. I, I love the Clippers in this series. And the other thing I saw from this weekend that was great was the Kings. That was, Did you see any of that game? I did not see any of that. The game. atmosphere. The first playoff game in Sacramento since 2006, I think. Mm-hmm. That crowd was... I I guess I never took Sacramento as a big basketball town. Yeah. But that was Zactown. crazy.